2: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today.
3: Welcome to the Horror Hangout, a podcast where two bearded film fans watch the best and worst horror movies ever and talk about them. My name is Ben Errington and I'm joined by a very special returning guest who has kindly stepped in as (laughs) co-host due due to the absence, due to the rude absence of regular hosts, Luke and Andy. Uh, He's a friend of the show and writer of weird horror and sci-fi, co-host of A Nice Chianti podcast. Please welcome Mr. John Crinan.
0: Hello. Thank you very much for having me. Yes, Hi, my, hello. I, I, was, I was surprised to hear a nice Chianti. M- me and Zoe haven't recorded a Chianti for quite a while. We've been talking about it, but we haven't done it yet just because we've both been so busy. But yeah, I'll always wear Chianti very proudly, even though <laughs> I think we've only put out a couple of, <laughs> a couple of episodes, very drunken episodes.
3: Still counts. Uh, yeah. Still and count. just keep, it, keep everybody want, waiting and wanting, you know, don't want to give them that's, too much. Yeah, that's our entire you- plan. Take you for granted. And uh, yeah, then fire them out as a surprise. Bang.
0: Yeah, I've got two episodes. <laughs> I've got two unreleased Kianti episodes sitting on a hard drive. They may never see the light of day, but I'm just going to tease them a little bit oh there. God. So there you go. Like You can unreleased... hit me up unreleased... on social media if you want to see them.
3: Oh, <laughs> like unreleased Prince songs that someone's got somewhere <laughs> yeah, on a hard but, drive.
0: Yeah, they're in a vault somewhere. They're actually oh, in on. Prince's vault. They're not.
3: <laughs> oh, place. right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I'd like to get a hold of them. I, I'd I'd love any nice Chianti, uh content. It's always always a pleasure. When okay, did you wait. when did you when did you last join us on this podcast? I think it was was it the species episode?
0: It was species, yeah, yeah. And uh, gosh, when was that? That uh, that feels like a million lifetimes ago. But yeah, it was, <laughs> a it was million
3: lifetimes ago. <laughs>
0: um, I'm
3: gonna say maybe like I reckon about a year ago.
0: Yeah, probably somewhere in that region. I've moved to another country since then, um, who, you know, life is very different now to what it was then. But species was fun. So March,
3: uh, March 2021. So, yeah, pretty much a year.
0: Whoa. Well, that's wild. That is wild. Okay, so So we've seen each other. We've seen each other in person since we've last been on our podcast together. Then.
3: Yeah. Okay. that's fine.
0: Because you could a have told me it was, yourself. you could have told me it was like <laughs> January and I wouldn't, I would have been like, yeah, that sounds about right.
3: You're on this podcast merely two weeks ago, John. <laughs> Do you know remember? <laughs> was I? I was in a fugue state.
0: <laughs> I mean, I'm sure I was having a lovely time, but I don't remember it. Yeah.
3: Yeah. It's always a lovely time. What are you, what are you drinking? What have you, what have you got? Have you got, have you got wine or are you
0: no, strictly? I- That's not, it's not good podcast etiquette to be drinking, but I'm doing it. Sorry. Uh, That's peppermint tea. I'm a big peppermint tea nut. Are you? I love peppermint tea so much.
3: Every day? Every day?
0: Easily every day. At least one cup for sure. Has it
3: replaced, anything? has it replaced like coffee for you?
0: Well, I start the day with coffee, but I have a rule because I can only manage so much coffee before I start to go a little bit crazy. So I have to keep it in just the morning I you know I have a couple of coffees in the morning one two three three is a wild day three cups <laughs> a wild then, day a bad
3: day no
0: nah, not necessarily a bad day and then I move on to peppermint tea pretty much exclusively or water uh
3: because are you still doing the 5am club or was that just a temporary thing so if anybody followed John on any of his social media platforms for a while you were doing like a 5am club was that that was sort of like a creative decision, wasn't it? Like to you were, yeah, you were writing yeah, stuff in the I, morning.
0: I used, to, I used to do my writing and things in the morning. I'll admit, five AM club did um start drifting a little later when working <laughs> remotely, working from home became oh, yeah. the norm. I mean, it was 5am club because I had to fit in my writing before my commute which was fairly lengthy all the all the commutes in London I'm not in London anymore but commuting in London you've got a you know it's a good hour at least you're you've got to um allocate to that either way so 5am club was a necessary thing if you wanted if I wanted to do anything outside of my day job um it's that's not really the case anymore but occasionally I do uh, I, I do still get up at 5am because I'm, I am a morning person and I am an early bird. So it happens sometimes just without me even planning to, without an alarm clock. Your so. body
3: clock just jolts you up <laughs> yeah. and out of bed. Yeah. So, yeah. See, I, I'm kind of the opposite. I, ver- I very much struggle to get up in the morning and I very much struggle to go to sleep at night. So I'm definitely a gosh nighttime person. Where do you what-
0: do most of your creative work? if you're writing do you prefer doing it in the morning well your your day job is creative work as well but do you find yeah. that it takes you a little bit longer to get started or do you drift off definitely
3: takes me a little bit longer to get okay. started um probably not fully awake until I reckon about 11 <laughs> the first couple of hours of the day for me are definitely very uh, hazy Um, but yeah after that and then after that i kind of just work into into the night until i kind of think well okay that's enough now i say work into the night but some some nights i do nothing at all but
0: i didn't Uh, expect us to be talking about morning and evening routines on horror hangout or choices of hot beverages but i'm going to ask you as well because you asked me what's your hot beverage of choice or your coffee man
3: so i am a coffee man and similar to you the first half of the day coffee um as it gets a little bit later later into the day i do like a tea just a standard pg tips nothing too, nothing nothing peppermint although i do like peppermint tea as well just don't drink it very often uh, and yeah it, as the night as the day goes on a couple of teas as well and then i'm done I, I although i can drink coffee quite late and then pretty much go straight to sleep if i need to
0: that's an impressive skill very impressive yeah, this get, is, all this I'll, chat is making me thirsty
3: again on, on the cv uh, you say you weren't expecting to discuss these things however when we start the podcast it often does go into strange territory i think me and andy have discussed <laughs> power rangers maybe <laughs> uh, <laughs> at one point so yeah this is fairly straightforward i think fairly normal oh okay good uh, But let's we'll
0: get into some
3: horror content because that's why we're all that's why we're all here. That's why we're hanging out. That's why we're hanging out on the horror hangout. Uh, (laughs) So this is probably this is the first episode I've done without Luke or Andy. Oh my gosh, really? Do you know what? I bloody love it. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what? This is I want this from now on, even if I'm on my own.
0: Wow, Uh, I feel very special. I mean, this is a memorable, This is going to be memorable for you as the first time without it, e- either of your co It
3: already is. It already is. Thanks for stepping in, and I guess at fairly short notice because if you listen to last week's podcast, I pretty much found out that Luke and Andy weren't going to be available for this episode uh, <laughs> while we we're recording, uh, and obviously because I'm a because I'm such a lovely guy. I reacted nicely and we should waited till after we finished recording was when I let them have the full force of my mm. anger and frustration. How could you do that to me? But of course, I felt totally at ease because I knew Mr. John Crinnon would be available and ready.
0: Well, I say I knew you would be available. I mean, I didn't. I didn't. I like your confidence, but yeah. <laughs> um, Just assumed he'd
3: have nothing on on Tuesday evening.
0: No, I was very happy to come along. It's always nice uh to join you or you guys when Luke and Andy are here as well. Although I don't know if I've ever oh no, of course I have been on when Andy's been on because we did the the, Chianti the quiz. quiz. Episode, yeah, yeah Chianti which quiz, was which, which is still, infamous. But still my I've you know I'm um I'm, I'm not exactly a veteran podcaster. I've been on many shows, I've been guests, I've had my own shows and I enjoy podcasting, but that quiz episode (laughs) remains my very very favorite (laughs) podcast experience ever I have actually I never listened to the shows that I've been on myself ever because why would I i have done it before I actually have listened to that episode since and it still makes me giggle so much it was so much fun
3: the quiz ones are fun to listen back to because I kind of forget like, what? even what my answers were
0: to questions. it's <laughs> well, perfectly so, understandable why you would forget in that yeah. particular case.
3: <laughs> but also, also, you and Zoe are officially the only, the only uh, duo to have beaten us, because we recently, well, I say recently, you know, it was the end of year podcast special, where we took on an Earful podcast, and me and Luke beat them as well. Gosh. So, officially, uh, we, we can't say we're unbeaten, because you and Zoe have defeated us and in a way you have the crown so you should have defended it against an airport podcast. <laughs> weirdly with just us in the background just just watching just Who's watching. gonna win it
0: then come on no, well so, no yeah. it's, it's uh it, i was very happy to take part and we, we got we got lucky <laughs> and it was good but it was really i mean the, the victory was lovely but i i remember it fondly for everything else that came before that oh yeah um it, it was it was a lot was, of fun it was good you fun made and- me- Oh, a, sorry, go ahead. Sorry,
3: I was going to say, there's, it, Andy obviously puts a hell of a lot of effort into the questions, and it takes him a while, but I almost want one all the time. <laughs> like, it's almost like, <laughs> I want one, like, every month for somebody. He's like, well, I can't, there's just too, many, too much effort. What were you what were you going to say, there, John? I was
0: just going to say it made me think, and it would be utterly chaotic, but, I mean, I kind of like <laughs> chaos. Uh, so I think it would be so fun to have an episode where you had multiple um other po- so obviously one podcast against the horror hangout but what if it was two oh, po- yeah. what if there was three podcasts you know four podcasts i don't know how what if there how was a way managed to do that but it would be oh gosh how much fun would that be
3: how that sounds like fun how would zoom handle it but we should have some sort of like buzzer buzzing in to yeah to get the answer because then there would be like horror knowledge would be on the line but also your speed
0: <laughs> someone surely someone has made some kind of zoom add-on or something like that that is because yeah. you know think about uh, all the working from home and zoom parties that everyone's been doing over the last couple of years everyone's doing you know sort of quiz type things yeah. me and my family and friends have done like random zoom quizzes mm. back in lockdown so there must be a buzzer something or other i I don't know we're gonna have to look into it
3: it. we have to look into it for the next for for the next (laughs) quiz episode i'm sure andy Andy i love that (laughs) always planning quiz i think i went through a a phase as well of every guest we had on i chat i couldn't help but challenge them to do a quiz (laughs) i think you know it do you think you know the answer to this well come and challenge us for it
0: i love it i love the confidence
3: (laughs) okay so uh i do have some horror news which is uh which starts with something that you mentioned before the show as well. So the Stranger Things 4 trailer has dropped. I was a bit confused. I kind of thought we'd already seen a trailer, but it, I guess it was like a teaser, wasn't it?
0: We saw a teaser, um, yeah, for sure. A, a while ago. You're, you're right. We definitely saw a teaser, but this of is a the long first time full, ago. full trailer. And it is a big cinematic trailer.
3: Yeah. There's a lot of interesting stuff going on. Uh, some guy like playing guitar. Uh, there's a guy shredding yeah. there's like Robert England is in it as a new character called Victor Creel whose eyes look all what do his eyes look like all smushed <laughs> his eyes are all, <laughs> all <even> smushed <laughs> and obviously there looks like there's a new big bad scary creature upside down beastie looks a bit um what does he look like he looks a bit like Psycho he also uh, yeah, looks Psycho Gorman but yeah Psycho
0: Gorman's like... a good show actually yeah
3: do you remember that movie Star Kid which Ooh. had like, <laughs> you remember this? It was from like, I suppose it's like the late 90s. It's got the little kid from Jurassic Park is in it, a bit, bit older, and he, he can pilot this like alien ship. It reminded oh, me a bit like ring, that. Looked, this looked rings
0: a, a bell. I, I can't picture it though, but it does <laughs> ring a bell. There aren't um, many
3: movies that I have like this, but that is one of those movies where I feel like I'm in the minority of people who've actually seen it. But anyway, you climb into it and inside... It almost looks like an inside-out weird thing. This guy, this creature at the end of this trailer looked a bit like that.
0: Um, Oh, okay. I'm going to be Googling Star Kid now.
3: I kind of thought I was not over Stranger Things, but definitely not as hyped as perhaps I was at the end of season three. So I think when season three ended, I was like, oh, God, can't wait to see what's going to happen. Obviously, it's been a longer time period between seasons, because, I guess because of COVID, and they're splitting this season into Two parts I believe so there's like a volume season four volume one um and all the kids look about 38
0: (laughs) well yeah this is what I was going to say I think that's the reason why maybe the urgency to see it has dwindled somewhat for me at least was because it's just been such a big break so I remember Mm. watching season three and thinking oh god it's going to be you know we have to wait a, a year now and then it turned into two years and I think it's been two years or maybe even more, I'm not sure. And yes, yeah. all, all the cast who are predominantly made up of children have aged. But I'm guessing, though, and you, it sounds like, you know, you've got um, some character names, some new character information. So maybe you've got a bit more than I've got to go by, because I only saw the trailer just in a tweet. That's how I watched it on my phone. Yeah. And it looked impressive. It. But is it... Oh, sorry. I, I was going to ask if if you know this, I kind of feel like maybe more time has passed in the story, in the, sh- in the story of the show to make up for that. Potentially, I kind of got that vibe yeah. that maybe it was going to be explained I mean... away why they look so much older than they were.
3: Possibly, because at the end of season three, they left Hawkins, Ooh. didn't they? And, yeah. and uh, what's his name? Uh, Jim Hopper ended up in, in some sort of Russian establishment, sort of, establishment. Uh, sort of and prison type prison, deal. yeah, and, yeah, work camp thing. And I sort of assumed that a little bit of time had passed, but I guess if that's the case, they can sort of say three years later, two years later, and that kind of makes sense. I think another one of the reasons is strange, is because we've seen a lot of this cast in like movies. You know, like uh, Millie Bobby Brown in movies. Um, what's his name in Ghostbusters as well? What is his name? Finn I, Wolfhard. Yeah, right. So we've kind of seen them growing up before our eyes, appearing in other things, and that now when we go back to Stranger Things, the thing we first saw them in, it's kind of odd to see that drastic change from like the earlier series. When you see what they look like in series, in, in series one, it's kind yeah. of insane. <laughs> I, I recently watched uh, some featurettes, uh, sorry, uh, some documentary type things about the It movies, which were only two years apart i believe and they had to de-age finn wolfhard uh using (laughs) using cgi because like in two years he'd i don't know grown a soul patch i don't know know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's exactly it that's the reason they gave well i think um it looks like they've de-aged uh millie bobby brown as well in this trailer there's some shots (sighs) that look like it was her yeah, when, you know, obviously they have some flashbacks or something like that. So they're playing around with some de-aging, but I can't imagine they're going to de-age all the kids. Oh, no,
3: they can't. No, um, but, yeah. but yeah, I think looks great. I don't really want to see any more. We've seen an official trailer. I've seen a teaser. Now let's just, yeah, I'll just wait. I don't need to see any additional trailers. Let's just wait and see what happens. But
0: yeah, it's not that long. And I'm guessing they'll drop all of volume one in one go and then split it up and drop volume to Hmm. like the month later. So that kind of works. Hmm. I'll hold, I'll hold off. I will avoid rewatching the first three seasons because as much as I enjoyed season one and even season three, season two didn't, I I seem to remember not feeling that quite as much. And also I think the, the aging of the cast will be even more (laughs) more. (laughs) apparent if I go back and, let myself watch the originals. Yeah.
3: I think it oh. makes you feel like you've aged a lot as well when you watch it and you go, if this is how much they've aged, I can't, I, I remember, I honestly remember when Stranger Things was like a, a teaser poster and it was like all the BMXs um, and it was like, oh, from the maker, it, 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 it looks like it's going to be an Amblin type thing, like yeah. uh inspired by various 80s movies and stuff and I was like, oh my God, that's cool. And that was like one of the biggest like properties, I guess, TV properties in the world. There's merch everywhere. Uh but yeah. Very, yeah. very exciting. Looking forward to it. Uh loving the nostalgia trip stuff. Is it in the nineties yet? In this cause again.
0: I don't know. If they're if they're doing Star Kid rip offs, maybe it is. <laughs> it's gotta be, yeah. It's gotta be. That's a direct <laughs> it's nod. it
3: It's a direct nod to Star Kid. Uh don't argue with me.
0: Uh, (laughs) What Do you uh, know what era it was in? I I can't remember what era season 3 was in. Were we in late 80s by that point?
3: Yeah, I don't know. I kind of just think general 80s.
0: I feel like they will be in the 80s for the whole thing, but maybe not. Maybe not. I don't don't know. I didn't consider that.
3: No. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. But yeah, excited for that. Uh, The other piece of news is in relation to the
0: T-shirt that you're wearing, is
3: that A... There we go. There which he is. says
0: David Lynch to everyone who's who says on, David. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Who's on audio? <laughs> Otherwise, that David- would be a very confusing bit of uh, the podcast. He's got
3: David Lynch's t- David Lynch's t-shirt. I'll give it back to him. <laughs> uh- <laughs> <laughs> so it says in a move that can only be described as Lynchian, which I, I, is a way I like to describe lots of things. <laughs> David, David Lynch may may release. It says May here. May release a brand new film at the 2020 Cannes Film Festival that no one has ever heard about We can't say no one because people have helped
0: to make it Uh, yeah it's true uh, Laura Dern is in it supposedly well this is the thing it's we should we should say right up front and you did by saying me that it is only a rumor this has not been confirmed by anyone everyone's picked up on the rumor and I am very excited believe me but I'm trying to keep my excitement in check. This T-shirt I am wearing, just this is a coincidence. Um, I didn't (laughs) realise. But gosh, yeah, sorry, I spoke over you. You should continue.
3: (laughs) I was going to say, you're trying to keep your excitement in check, but I know you bounded out of bed this morning. (laughs) You grabbed your David Lynch T-shirt. You kissed your blue velvet poster.
0: (laughs) (laughs) How did you know all this? you Have you been watching?
3: I've been watching yeah uh i've got some i'm making a david Lynch film on my own where it's just me monitoring you and your life every day uh free coffees a day and a peppermint tea uh, <laughs> sometimes <laughs> too. yeah sometimes too yeah but this is uh this is pretty exciting i i don't remember the last what was the last thing he released that oh, was that short film that ended up on
0: Oh yeah, he did. Yeah, well, his his last major film was Inland Empire, which was like ten years ago now. But he also directed, because well, not everyone forgets this, but he he directed every episode of Twin Peaks: The Return. So oh, he, yeah, of course. which is like an eighteen-hour-long movie. So we have been very, uh, us David Lynch fans have been spoiled, honestly, because Twin Peaks: The Return is. A masterpiece, in my opinion, and yes, he did release. Um, was it what what Jack did? Oh, gosh, I'm gonna lose my oh, David yeah. Lynch street cred now, but um, I, I forget what that Netflix film was called because I'm more, but has got a lot do? of short films. What did Jack do?
3: The Little Monkey, uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I had to Google that, I couldn't quite remember. Um, 2017, see, again, that feels like if someone said, When did you last see that? this little short film, i be like, oh, it's last year sometime, wasn't it? Oh, the short film was
0: 2017 as well?
3: Oh, no. Oh, it was oh. released on Netflix on 20, in 2020. So there's been a couple okay. of years. Okay. Um, yeah, that was suitably bizarre, but you know, <laughs> what, what, what do you expect?
0: I good. mean, you would be disappointed. You would want a refund if it was anything <laughs> other than bizarre.
3: Yeah, of course. Um,
0: I, I, yeah, I mean, I am ridiculously excited at the prospect of there being a new David Lynch movie that's just going to suddenly drop in can i i don't know how much i believe that rumor yet i think that one site reported it and every other site mm. and media outlet has picked up on <laughs> what is a rumor and you know i've been burned by rumors like this before not necessarily with david lynch but things that we think are maybe coming and just don't turn out yeah. to be uh real at all it would be beautiful if it happened but yeah I I don't know. I dare not. <sighs> Do,
3: is he still putting out those... He was doing, like... Was it weekly or monthly?
0: He does daily weather reports. That's, that's on YouTube. It's a
3: daily weather report, yeah. <laughs> has he... Well, you could maybe tell if he's kind of, like, stopped doing that for a while. You're like, hang on, what's he busy doing? Or is he still... No, still he's doing
0: been that? fairly consistent. I mean, uh, he has... He basically says the same thing because the weather in LA is basically always beautiful, golden sunshine all <laughs> yeah, along the yeah. way. So it's pretty much that, but he, no, he's been very, very consistent. He did tease, or not tease, but he did, um, he, he sort of uh, teased some kind of announcement. I'm going to keep stick with that word, uh, which turned out to be that he was going to stop doing them, but the outcry mm. uh, made him... De- like reconsider. Yeah. So maybe, maybe he was going to stop doing them because he was going to start shooting. But you know, I don't Hmm. I don't know. I would love to see this happen. And I don't know when we'll get confirmation. I I can't remember when Can Film Festival is, but it must be pretty soon. Uh next month, I think May, I think. But I could be wrong. Um
3: yeah, so it looks like it is yeah, like May. Like like the end of May, last week in May.
0: If it is real, I hope they keep it a secret all the way up to the screening.
3: Oh yeah, I love, it. I
0: absolutely love it when that
3: happens. In a world uh, where nothing is a secret or a surprise, it's lovely when things are. I mean, I know it's kind of not a secret or a surprise because reading a story about it, but it's still not hundred percent confirmed, is it, So
0: Yeah, yeah. I can't. There must be other films that have really. I'm trying to think if there's any other films that have just suddenly appeared. Um the Chris Morris movie is it the Day Shall Come? Have you seen that? Oh yeah. That was, was that that's his, that was kind most of most a surprise. One, isn't it? Yeah, uh, yeah, I mean it was a couple of years ago now.
3: So yeah, 2019. I don't know if I've seen that, you know.
0: Oh, it's it's good. Yeah. I went to I went to a screening of it in Brixton when he did a Q&A afterwards and it was just awesome it was so cool to be in that's his last film right
3: he's not done anything since then
0: yeah he's only done a couple of he, he did four lions and the day shall come and <laughs> oh, I, he did he I did like four a lions. little short film which I, I remember called like it was called my wrongs and then like a bunch of numbers which I can't remember oh. uh, which was uh, kind of fun oh, as well I see. I see. Um, but yeah
3: and he, and he made the double as
0: well oh no wait
3: no, no that no, was he, he, didn't, he didn't richard he didn't yeah yeah it was richard Iowady Iowady. It. um he just appeared in it i just saw it on his list of uh films
0: then oh you know he, what i haven't actually seen it. the double i didn't know that chris morris was in it i'll have to go watch that
3: though. Yeah, it just says cameo the hmm. so, yeah, double is pretty good i quite like the double um had fun with that there's a few sort of um, doppelganger movies that I was enjoying around about that time. I think I watched a few, including the double. That was good. Uh, the only other bit of horror, horror news I've got is obviously we've gone highbrow with David Lynch movie. Let's go a bit more lowbrow. Uh, so, you know, like in America, there's that Halloween shop spirit, Halloween destination. Is that it? It's like a... Yeah, superstore. I don't know
0: what it's called, but I know that there is like a Halloween, like a pop-up that comes out every yeah, October Yeah, like a pop-up up
3: yeah. Halloween superstar, superstore. So can you believe it? They're making a film. <laughs> <laughs> they're making a spirit Halloween film, now before you completely switch off, Christopher Lloyd is set to star Oh, uh, this is it's going to like be like a family well. slash kids adventure movie probably in the vein of you know, probably like the, the Goosebumps films, um, but when a new spirit Halloween store appears in a deserted strip mall, three middle school friends who think they've outgrown trick-or-treating make a dare to spend the night locked inside the Halloween store and then hijinks. In sh- happen. There's
0: always hijinks, isn't there? <laughs> there's, always,
3: <laughs> there's always spooky hijinks. And I'm assuming Christopher Lloyd, if he's in it, he's going to be this, I don't know. He might be the guy who owns the store and it turns out he's, I don't know, evil. Obviously, I've yeah. not written it, so I don't know.
0: I'm he's going to like, be like, oh, I don't know, a toy maker or something like that. Yeah, he's so going to have some guy. zany sort of mad scientist almost type vibe going on yeah
3: so yeah that's interesting i think are we at like halfway to halloween yet because that is a thing apparently i've seen some i think some maybe shudder has been doing a halloween sort of mini sort of film run Um, i feel i think we are kind of we must be around about now oh sorry april the 30th is apparently halfway to halloween
0: get it in your diaries folks
3: yeah get it in your diary the same people who, who celebrate a half birthday
0: (laughs) so what do people like I feel like I'm letting the side down now I'm not a very good horror fan so halfway to Halloween what just people have like sales and movies come out and stuff like that or what
3: I'll be honest this is the first time I've seen it it might have been something that's been going on for years but this year it's like halfway to Halloween on Shudder here are a bunch of new films that we're showing around about halfway to Halloween uh, so that's the first thing I've saw of it but it does seem to be catching on, I've seen a few other random bits and bobs a few like horror brands who are kind of saying it's halfway to Halloween now why don't you have a discount and stuff like that, so maybe I'm into catch it on. yeah, Yeah. I'm into it I'm into it,
0: I like uh, Halloween this is a nice yeah. little opportunity
3: I like Halloween, to... I like being halfway to things <laughs> uh, I'm a... <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a glass half full kind of guy you know,
0: yeah or or you could look at it we're halfway away from halloween if you're the glass half empty guy
3: yeah oh halloween was six months ago i'm so sad but that means halloween's six months away oh yeah i don't know i'm just focusing on the bad at this time (laughs) just let me (laughs) (laughs) please let me you do you that's okay uh that's pretty much all i've got for horror news unless there's anything else pressing that you've
0: No, I don't think so. I think I had it. the Stranger Things and David Lynch on my notes, and yeah, and you've covered good. that. So I we're on
3: the ground for old horror news um, this week, which is slightly disappointing. But you know, we we, we proceed. Uh, the only the next thing to discuss then is what we've been watching. Uh, usually, we obviously we do this like what we've been watching this week. But because you haven't been on the show for a while, I'm not going to ask you to tell me what you've been watching the last year. That might last a while, but you know, anything you've watched recently, whatever time period that you've enjoyed, doesn't have to be horror, doesn't have to be.
0: Well, yeah, because I mean, there probably isn't many horror movies that I've watched recently. I'm kind of letting the side down again. I'm definitely going to have my horror fan membership card revoked. I've been playing Elden Ring, obviously.
3: Oh yeah. Uh, Obviously, uh,
0: recently. uh, I say obviously because it feels like everyone's playing Elden (laughs) Ring. Um, I'm a little bit late to the party though. I only started playing it last week uh, Mm. so I'm still pretty fresh into it but it has been eating into my TV and film watching time for sure. Um, The only other films I I, I was having to think because I knew we would speak about this um, and the only other films I can think of that I've been like really enjoyed uh the first one is the new link later movie which is on netflix apollo 10 and a half I, has oh, anyone that's, heard that's of
3: fairly i've heard of it it's, Very it's only, recent. only recently come out isn't it yeah i haven't got around yeah. right to
0: it i just happened to realize someone tweeted that it was out I, it, talking about surprise movies i had no idea that movie was coming someone tweeted oh the new link Lair is on netflix today and i think i watched it that night I, oh. I, I, and and it, it was so lovely i it was a joy to watch it's very sweet basically uh uh It's um, an animated movie. It's like his uh, a Scanner Darkly style of animation. I believe it's called Uh, rotoscoping, but I could be wrong. Yeah, Um, is it like
3: it's it's a weird combination. It's like rotoscoping, but it's also like cell shaded in a way. Is that? is it like yeah, that or not
0: yeah yeah it, it's it, it feels like that it feels very much like a scanner darkly maybe not quite as highly stylized as a scanner darkly mm. was but definitely there's a it's similar uh i don't have the vocabulary or the terminology to be correct i think it's rotoscoping maybe there's cell shading as well not 100 percent sure but animated over you know ac- actual actors you can kind of tell that it's uh, yeah. that it's been uh, that someone has acted out the the what's going on on screen Mm. it's a yeah it's an absolute joy a story about this uh 10 year old kid around the time of the moon landings in houston and i don't want to say too much about it because i i was i went into it blind and i didn't really know what the the uh, the gist of the story was and it's a really really fun i mean maybe it's on the netflix um description page for all i know and i'm not I'm, i'm just being cagey about it for no reason, but I had no idea what the story <laughs> was about, and yeah, it's kind of like a series of little vignettes, uh, almost. Um, it's it's a joy. I don't want to say too much about it in case people don't know uh, what it is, and then they can go into it in the same way I did. I loved mm-hmm. it. It was so much fun.
3: I uh, uh, I didn't know it was out, so I'll definitely check that out. I think yes, the last of link later. If- my watch was boyhood possibly okay a little while ago yeah um and then i guess a scanner darkly before that so gosh which yeah. i love which I, i'll definitely need to revisit that it's been it's been a long time since i've seen that um
0: did you see yeah. a waking life i think it's called or maybe it's just called waking life it kind of mm. preceded it's, uh, it's another one of his animated ones and it preceded scanner oh, darkly okay. I remember seeing it as a student and I was like laying awake in the middle of the night and it came on in like channel four and I didn't see the start. I didn't see the end. I just saw this bit in the middle and I was like, what on earth is this movie? Um, Anyway, another recommendation. Uh, But yeah, so uh, Apollo 10 and a half. I I have one more recommendation, but in case you've got one, I'll let you go next.
3: Now, I mean, if you've seen anything else, just feel free to mention that. Well,
0: the only other thing that I wrote down and I watched a couple of weeks ago is a movie called Boiling Point, uh, which has Stephen Graham in it. Uh, It is so good. (laughs) And, you know, it's not a horror movie, but it's a movie that takes place in one continuous take for the whole uh, 90 minute runtime, or maybe it's even more than 90 minutes, I'm not sure, in a professional restaurant kitchen, like a high pressure, stressful kitchen on this busy night in the restaurant. And it may not be a horror movie, but oh my gosh, it will get your anxiety. It's stressful (laughs) to watch, honestly. If anybody has
3: worked in in this this sort of environment.
0: Yeah. You will just be, I was just like on edge for the whole thing, but on edge in the best way. Like it sounds, yeah. makes it sound like it's not pleasant to so watch. It's, it's
3: all in one, one shot, isn't it? I kept looking, thinking, is that going to be a cut? Was that yeah. a cut then? Yeah, I no, agree. right,
0: because you sort of do that. When you know a little yeah. bit about how these things are made and if you're a movie fan, there's always the moment where they sort of pass through a shadow or like, you know, there's a little bit. I, I believe, and I could be wrong, someone out there may say that I'm wrong, I think the whole thing was done in one. I could not see any joints.
3: It was really good. Um, I'm with you on that. This one's also on Netflix now, isn't it? I don't think Um, it was. Yeah, I watched it on Netflix. um, Yeah, I guess it's got a slight feeling of being like a stage play, hasn't it? In a way. Um, Yeah. But just the amount of effort you must think has gone in to making this. And I'm always (laughs) interested. You know, when these things are one take, I'm almost like, how many times they do it then?
0: yeah i mean Lovely. they must have done it so many times because you think about it right and they've got to get this one <laughs> you uh, oh, just the stress of being the one person if you if you're the person with one oh, line God. and you love it oh man come on and you go Table seven seven. Oh no. Oh my god. <laughs> and that must have happened, right? I'd love to see some behind the scenes stuff of like someone just messing up and yeah. everyone. Because you've got all the <laughs> cho- choreography of and, and lines obviously and 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 uh you know of the of the cast, but don't forget all the choreography of the crew as well is just as vitally important. Yeah, of course. Um, so just like blocking out the shots, oh my gosh, I can't and even imagine over. how how nightmarish it must be. And there's a couple of moments, actually, I remember saying, because I was watching it with my flatmate at the time, I remember saying... Um, oh, they just like walked past a, a reflective surface there and have no idea how they managed to keep, maybe they just like CG'd out or something like that. That's possible. But there's, yeah. you know, there's like reflective surfaces. They're in bathrooms at certain points because they follow characters in and out of different rooms in the restaurants. Oh man, it's stressful yeah, just it's thinking good. about filming it.
3: Yeah, I think if you, if you like stress, it's, it's a good one to watch. It kind of reminded me, in a way, of like a bit like uncut gems, where you're just like on the edge of your seat, like pretty much yeah. the whole time. Like, God, what, what's going to happen next? Maybe not as stressful as that, but it still get put me in that same sort of mindset. Um, but yeah, a really good, really good film. Yeah. Uh, the the only couple of things that I've seen that I thought worth a mention, I should have mentioned this last week actually, because I did see it last week, but for some reason I forgot to mention it. I I saw Studio Six Six Six, which is a Foo Fighters horror movie. Um, Now I saw the trailer for this. Uh, This is a film I knew nothing about. And then I saw a trailer for it at, I was watching something else at the cinema and I was like, is this real? Is this like an advert? Is this like an advert for something? I don't know. Um, And it was always kind of on my list to, 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 to visit because I thought, okay, well, I'm not, I'm not like a huge fan of Foo Fighters, but I appreciate some of their stuff. And I appreciate them as musicians. They all seem like nice guys. Obviously recently, Uh, taylor hawkins tragically passed away as well um so that was kind of like okay i want to kind of see these guys do their thing um and and enjoy that and i mean it's not (laughs) it's not perfect but you know it's it's a pretty interesting concept it's got some really good practical gruesome gory effects and there's like a fictional band within it called dream widow and it's like uh, Foo Fighters instrumental, uh, heavy industrial rock, possibly like, see almost a bit black metal as well. Yeah, they they uh,
0: go there. They go there. I, I haven't yeah. seen Studio. Sorry, to speak over you. I haven't seen uh, the movie, but I've listened to the Dream Dream Widow. Is that the name of the Dream band? Widow? I, yeah. I think so. <laughs> I think yeah, right. uh, I've listened to the album because they released the album on Netflix, and it's banging, man. The album's good.
3: There's like a thirteen-minute song at the end of it, and it's kind of in. It's in the film. This thirteen-minute song, and I'm glad they released it because I was like, I want to hear this. Whatever this is that they're doing, I want to hear it. Like just, and it obviously is them as well. It is Foo Fighters doing it, so it's almost like insane to think that they've been able to produce this alongside i've, I've honestly think the soundtrack possibly better than the film just because i say that though but i think everyone involved is surprisingly competent in their performances that might okay. sound a bit disrespectful but it's not supposed to it's supposed to say a rock band doing a doing a, a horror movie you're a bit like okay i kind of know what to expect from this um it's probably going to be a bit cheesy over the top but no like dave Grohl when he's doing the possessed i mean we know he's done he's Done the devil before he he was in Tenacious D music videos and stuff, so we know he's capable of it. But him doing possessed actually is quite believable. (laughs) Uh (laughs) I I do want to see it. There's a certain chainsaw sequence, which is like insane. Like insane. Like if it was in any other film, we'd be talking about it like one of the one of the best moments of gore of the year practical effects because it's in studio 666. I bet it won't get talked about as much as it should be. Um, uh, yeah, I'm I, I, I'm I had I, a good,
0: see
3: I did a kind of uh, double bill. I watched the Foo Fighters documentary back and forth um, and then this. So it was almost like, okay, let's just see these guys talking about the band and then we'll see. And I kind of think it carried over, you know, this, this, this their personalities carried over into the film, which I kind of liked. They weren't kind of playing. They're playing sort Sure, They were playing over the top versions of themselves. But still, I, uh, I, I enjoyed it. And uh, I guess the other thing I've seen, which I've... The two things I've seen I'm going to mention are things that I would never expected to enjoy, but I kind of did. <laughs> <laughs> and this next one is Morbius. Jared Ooh. Leto in Morbius, right? Okay. Let's not, let's not get ahead of ourselves. I'm not saying that this film is... Good. I'm not saying that this film is great. I'm not <laughs> I'm not saying that Jared Leto is gonna win any awards for performance. He's not, but <laughs> I definitely enjoyed this than I enjoyed this far more than both Venom movies. And obviously, considering they're doing the Sony Spider-Verse, whatever that thing's gonna be, I find myself like actually annoyed at the Venom movies, whereas with the Morbius film, I was just like, yeah, all right. Yeah, it's not terrible. I think Jar- Jared Leto is doing in this film the bare minimum, and honestly, it's working for him. <laughs> this film will get people, people will talk about this film as if Jared Leto is is a terrible actor because obviously that's the cool thing to think at the moment. Uh, and sure, it's right it, in places, uh, but he's kind of doing not a lot, and it's just it's far more believable him being just like a a pretty much. Blank protagonist could be anyone, essentially, but it works for him far more than when he's trying to convey something. When he's trying to act, if that makes sense.
0: <laughs> I've only heard, so I haven't seen more Morbius. I keep on wanting to see Morpheus. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I've just seen the the hate online. I guess is the best it's way been to describe it.
3: So much hate. I'm I, I, I'm I'm going to put I'm going to put it out there. Tom Hardy is a fantastic actor. He's in some. He's in some of my, some of his performances are up there. I think some of my favorites. Uh, I always. I think he's one of those actors that always kind of hits a certain beat and is always good. I I hated him in Venom. I was like, what is he doing? It's really really annoying me. But John, <laughs> honest, like I was physically like squirming while watching both Venom movies. But with Morbius, I had a totally fine time.
0: Is, is that because, because sometimes you can have the experience where your expectations have been lowered so much by the critical response that you yeah. actually end up having a fun time? Or did you go in like opening night before all that happened? And where no, were so you?
3: I, I only saw it a few days ago. So I, okay. I, I left it a while. Initially, I wasn't going to go and see it. I wasn't going to go to the cinema because of all the hate. Um, I think I watched the Mark Kermode um, review on 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 youtube and he was quite damning about anything and then jared leto the last few things i've seen him in so i saw jared leto in that film the little things which was kind of like a crime drama and yeah i I really had a problem with (laughs) with with jared leto and that i haven't seen House of gucci but i understand he's doing a bit of a caricature of an italian accent in that yeah, um, he's,
0: not, he's not doing very little in that, as, if, as I understand yeah. it. I haven't seen it, but I've heard that he is really going for it in that movie.
3: Yeah. It this, almost so much film, that
0: he, it feels like he's in a different movie to everybody yeah. else.
3: <laughs> Again, I can't say because I haven't, I haven't seen it. Um, in Blade Runner 2049 he kind of isn't doing a lot. He's doing something. I have a deep...
0: He's... Sorry, I have a deep, deep love for Blade Runner I think I'm well... Yeah. well um, uh, or it's definitely out there. I've spoken a lot about Blade Runner twenty forty nine and my love for it because I'm not a massive Jared Leto fan, and when he p- pops up in a movie that I so completely adore, um, yeah, I think he's he, he's very you know I, I wouldn't say that he's a an an actor who cannot act. He he can, and I've seen him do well yeah, in movies. But
3: he, he's an actor who seems because, because quite an un, if he's understated, I think mm. he does all right. I think it's when he tries to be... Because someone made a good point where they said, uh, Jared Leto's not, not been the lead in anything else before this. And I yeah. was a bit like, well, I mean, Requiem for a dream, I guess, but it's almost like a co-lead, isn't it? Um, he's a supporting player in Dallas Byers Club. He's a supporting player of Fight Club, American Psycho. But Morbius is almost like his first big... Lead, isn't it? Like obviously, which is kind able... of mad to think, because he's <laughs> been insane. around for
0: so long. So I mean, uh, uh, you know, American Psycho. Look how young he looks in in that movie, and that yeah. probably wasn't his even his first role. I'm not sure what his first is. I'm not a huge. Mm. I haven't been following his career, but he pops up in a lot of things. And yeah, it is surprising to know that this is his first leading role. But
3: and he's like, I'll see it at f- some point. He's nearly fifty it. years old as well. So wow. for you know, that reason alone, for I think I'll go all right jared i mean i i I completely get it he can come across a bit pretentious he can come across as a bit like i don't know i hate hearing all the stories about him method acting on the sets of stuff and apparently walking around on the set of morbius with a cane because he's trying to i don't know that is all a bit wrong (laughs) and a bit like oh don't really like that very much but um yeah, I had an okay time with Morbius. Don't know if I'd ever need to see it again. Matt Smith is in it as well. Um, I don't think this is a spoiler, but one problem I do have with any superhero movie is when they kind of make the villain, the villain, but have the same powers as the hero. Oh. Hero as such. I think that trope, for me at least, is, is run it, has run its course. I don't want it anymore. <laughs> and I feel like it, both the Venom movies are essentially that. Imagine a, imagine a symbiote, imagine a Venom, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Imagine it latched onto a serial killer. I know Carnage is a huge character from the from the uh, from the comics, books, yeah, books, uh, and everything else. TV show, uh, animated show. I know that, but bloody hell that, that was essentially the plot of the first one there's an evil man and he's got the symbiote now can you believe it <laughs> this one imagine another evil man with one. Oh yeah yeah, yeah. just do something needs to do something else and i feel like more be a stat is something that definitely does get kind of wrong is that the villain is the same as the hero
0: all right well you've you've edged up my expectations just a little bit from where they were, which was pretty much rock bottom, which is potentially dangerous because now I'm yeah, going in with like a tiny bit. Like, well, Ben actually said that maybe this they, was good. <laughs>
3: oh, I didn't have said good. I think I said it was, it's not good. It's not oh, great, but it's, it's, uh, a oh, film. it's all right.
0: It's it's fine. It's all right. Okay.
3: It's it's totally fine. I think, yeah, me and, me, and, me and my girlfriend Charlie, we kind of looked to each other at the end and just went, that was, that wasn't bad. <laughs> I think we were both kind of like, we both, I think this was maybe the third time that we planned to go and see it. Uh, the other two times we were like, "Nah, leave it. Nah, let's just wait." Um,
0: yeah, that's been me up until this point. I, I I don't even know if it's still in the cinema. I'm pretty out of the loop on cinema releases at the moment.
3: It should still be in there. Um, and okay. it again, it kind of it reminds me. Last thing I'll say on it, but it reminds me of like an early two thousands superhero film, uh, like a, somewhere like a cross between like a Blade and a Daredevil. I know Daredevil wasn't particularly great, but it got something about it. It's got that sort of vibe, um,
0: and I bor- dig the nineties. Blade, the Blade's enough for me. Uh, you know, I wasn't a big yeah. Daredevil fan, but yeah, a comparison to Blade, I'll, I'll take that.
3: It borrows a lot from other films as well. Like it, I think it borrows a lot from like The Fly, like a scientist trying to create something and suddenly he's leaping around the lab, or. i think i'd
0: heard that a lot of the motivations and story logic didn't really hold up to much scrutiny um that that doesn't bother me all the time sometimes it it needles at me in in ways that annoys but i can i can sometimes forgive it i I don't know i'll have to see it i think
3: because i had such a bad time with venom i maybe was a bit kinder to this one just because Mm. it wasn't venom so i was like a bit relieved um all of the all of the like um post credit stuff is very much bolted on. Is very much laugh. It's very much like it's very much like okay, okay, all right. All right, we get it. Uh, but yeah, that is that is that um, for what I've seen this week, apart from the film of the week which is oh gosh, a movie yeah. called The Ch- oh gosh <laughs> gosh. I've forgotten did, uh... why we
0: were here. <laughs> <laughs>
3: In- including like pre-podcast chat uh, I know we've just dis- we've discussed everything but this film so far it seems we've covered everything We We've put the world to rights we've uh
0: well we haven't had a chance to catch up for a while so I think we're allowed to have an excuse we have been speaking for quite a while listeners um so yeah I had forgotten that we were here to talk about this movie <laughs> <laughs> yeah
3: yeah you know, I was like right there's a movie we're going to talk about now and you're like huh what okay so the film of the week is the changeling uh, which is a 1980 Canadian supernatural psychological horror film directed by Peter Medak, starring George C. Scott, Trish Van Devere, and Melvin Douglas. After the death of his wife and daughter in a car crash, a music professor staying at a long vacant Seattle mansion is dragged into a decades old mystery by an inexplicable presence in the mansion's attic. <laughs> There we go. Wow. (laughs) There were plans at one time to turn it into some kind of a museum. But I don't know. I guess the house was meant to be lived in.
2: Why hasn't it been lived in?
3: The impression I get is that they haven't tried very hard with this place.
4: Kitchen's in here. And this is the music room. This is really why I thought of you and this house.
3: Piano was left here when the society took over just too much trouble to
1: move, really. It must be in very bad shape.
3: Terrifying. Okay, what have we got? Uh, we're currently looking at this is on 7.2 on IMDB um, and 3.6 on Letterboxed. I'm not sure about ron actually. I usually get that, but it's vanished from where it was forget it uh, a couple of choice reviews uh, from users on letterboxd here for us to discuss michelle parsons says a most excellent haunted house film that wheel that wheelchair scene still gives me the willies george c scott's facial reactions in this movie do crack me up <laughs> they basically go something like this expressionless 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 heart attack
0: <laughs> oh, I thought it was going to be expressionless, expressionless, expressionless eyebrow he <laughs> oh, has, right. He's got a good eyebrow
3: uh, She's given it three and a half stars Cherry, a user called Cherry says absolutely killer set design in the attic big fan of massive cobwebs, three stars Aren't we all? And, then, and then Zara Gwen says, I see where James Wan got all of his ideas from, four <laughs> stars uh, laughter these were choice reviews. However, it did seem like from delving into the letterbox reviews, it's got a lot of like five-star reviews from a lot of users. Like people are people are into it. People are loving it. Um, have you seen this before?
0: I have. Yeah, I think I watched it a few years ago. Uh, I actually believe, and if, if probably if I dug back through my so old social media posts, I actually believe I watched this as part of my uh, 31 horror movies in october type challenges that i i tend mm. to attempt i don't succeed but i attempt every year to watch 31 uh new to me horror movies ah, okay um well actually that's not that's not technically true because i always finish halloween my halloween tradition is i always watch ghost watch the classic
3: oh movie. yeah of course
0: um uh, which i adore oh, um I know-
3: Andy did recently mention that we should cover that. So maybe. Oh, really? I'm going oh, to d- say it out should. loud so you can remember. You should join us for a Halloween. Oh, gosh, I would love if to. You do that every year.
0: I I I adore Ghost Watch. Yeah. I, I actually I can't believe that I haven't suggest, like said to you guys before, like, have you guys spoken about it? It's an ama- it's an amazing movie. Um, but yes, I will a hundred percent join you if uh, if that happens. Um Hold on, I've started talking about Ghostwatch now, and now I'm really I've totally <laughs> lost my train of thought. Uh, oh yeah, what just... did I watch it before? So I think I watched it as part of that only a few years ago. This is not something from you know my my earlier days. This is a relatively recent watch for me. Mm-hmm. So when you asked me to to come on, I was excited because I don't want to, you know, uh give anything away, but I enjoyed it that that first time I watched it and getting to rewatch it last night was a treat
3: yeah uh so i had never seen it before this was the first time for me I don't know why I hadn't seen it before because it's always one of those that I've kind of seen seems like in the horror community everyone seems to think of it as one of the classics uh I can't remember I think I maybe just saw somebody share it on Twitter and said this film doesn't get enough love and I was like oh not only have I not seen that, but we've not obviously not covered it on the podcast either. So yeah, first time for me and yeah, I really enjoyed it. There's something about this era of horror, which I'd say is like from, I say this era of horror, but also this type of horror film from this era, sort of like 73, which was obviously the exorcist through to, through to 80, but there's something about that period of horror prestige horror. I've seen it described as, um that really does just resonate with me, stuff like you know don't look Now," stuff like the omen, Exist, obviously, and now this film, which I think I could safely say is a is a new favorite because I think it stands
0: like, up against those other movies for sure, you know yeah, in that prestige 100%. horror band
3: and as somebody and obviously. The way modern horror treats supernatural movies um' kind of very much like by there the, are the very certain beats that they have to hit obviously jump scares are big um and you kind of you can kind of anticipate the beats of the film and you kind of know where it's going. This has got such an interesting central mystery mm-hmm. that it kind of really does stand up and the the jet that the, the that creepy atmosphere that's got got running through it combined with the scares which are like unconventional scares really it's not like there's a face or there's a figure or anything like that
0: and not just unconventional scares but very very effective scares like so often (laughs) especially when you're a horror fan and you've seen as many haunted house ghost story movies as, as we probably have you sort of get you, you sort of get used to it you get into the rhythm of it and you know when things are coming there's something about this movie um th- it shows very little very very little mm. and something as simple as you know like uh, a bouncing ball bouncing down the sta the stairs oh. is absolutely <laughs> terrifying and it really yeah. properly it, it like, affects me. I was watching it last night. I've seen it before. I knew what was coming. There were still moments, and I don't want to jump ahead, where literally like, the hairs in the back of my neck were standing up. I was like, oh, this is working. And I, I... don't really fully really understand how, he, how they do it, but it's so effective.
3: I'm totally with you on that. I kind of, the hairs on the back of the neck thing have always been like my barometer for how much I enjoy a film. Like, it's like the hairs on the back of your neck. And also I get like the sort of goosebumps running up and down my arms or that weird sort of like shiver where you're a bit like, oh God. And it doesn't happen very often, you know, especially I think with the films we cover on this podcast, obviously we cover some really, really great films, but those genuine scares. And for me, it really has always been that era of horror, like *Exorcist* is one of, if not my favorite horror movie. And you know, I get that hair on the back of my neck thing probably like six or seven times, maybe even more. And so, when I get it from a film that I've never seen before, I really do appreciate what goes into that. And if you would have told me, <laughs> if you'd have told, if you'd like explained the scare to me initially, there's going to be a bouncing ball bouncing down the stairs, and that's that's going to be creepy. You'd be like, oh yeah, I've seen it before. We've seen little toys roll out. We've seen The, the, the in, for example. We've seen that something rolls into out of frame. And yeah, okay, we got it. But this is so effective. The way it does it, the way it kind of, obviously, yes, of course, we'll get into it. But there's that one. There's another particular scare following a mirror break. Oh, yeah. Which I was like, oh, God, holy shit. Um, yeah, incredibly, incredibly effective. And obviously, yeah, sure, a slow burn. But having that mystery and that sort of detective element almost to it as well, with the main character, John Russell, um, I've always enjoyed... Uh, I mean, I comp- something like The Ring, obviously a remake of Ringu, but I've always really ad- enjoyed the remake of The Ring, and I love the sort of detective element that goes alongside that as the main character just unearths this mystery and finds out what happened. And I guess it kind of reminded me of that in a way.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's definitely some bits of the detective story that's happening that i think are a little bit i, I think it makes some leaps there's some there's some you know yeah. it's like oh okay we're going where okay okay i don't know if i entirely follow your chain of thought but it, it doesn't matter and we'll get to those as well you know there's a lot coming up and i, I kind of i'm reluctant to go in too deep on any one point um yeah but yeah, one, one of the things I was just thinking, and I was thinking this as I was, as I was watching it this time, it's an incredibly effective, uh, scary story as we've already established. But one of the things that's really interesting and uh, about it that I kind of think this film stands alone is that you are scared, we are scared as the audience, but George C. Scott's <laughs> character <laughs> is completely blasé about so many things. And I'm sure this is going to be a recurring thing that I'm going to keep on (laughs) butting my head up against because I think it's so interesting. I can't think of any other horror movie or, or like Haunted House, Ghost Story, where the character is so on board with the fact that, this yes. is a haunting and, and he doesn't also, seem
3: like the kind of man who would be does he so,
0: so yeah he seems like he might it, that's the way you feel when you're first introduced to him and this goes it goes back to you saying it's unconventional when you first meet russell john russell you think he's probably going to be uh, he's, he's probably going to be a bit of a skeptic He's a bit of a man's man type guy you know he's he's a conductor but he's probably going to be a he's That's that's what's going to happen. He's going to be the skeptic and all this weird stuff's going to happen. No, no. He seems to be on board almost immediately. So I guess this is a good point to bring up right at the start because we're going to get into it fairly quickly. But he's just, there doesn't seem to be any moment of skepticism or disbelief. And then when he, he accepts what's going on, you would then expect the character to be slightly apprehensive, slightly scared. Again, he doesn't seem particularly (laughs) bothered by what's going on. And he mucks in like later on, quite literally, when he climbs down into a well, which we'll get to. He does all these things that know that you would be screaming at the screen in any other movie for them not to do because it would make no sense for a terrified person to do it. But he completely gets away with it because he's not scared in the slightest. Yet somehow it's still massively it's, effective to the audience
3: yeah um he's very hands-on isn't he he seems like the kind of guy right what right what's happened here get out of the way like he's, a, <laughs> he's the kind of guy like if you had a if something was wrong with your car and you were fixing it like in the street you would walk past and he'd go what's going on here then and he'd automatically he'd just, he'd just go right out of the way i'll fix it come on we'll, <laughs> we'll get you on we'll get you back on the road before you know it
0: That's how I feel about most people, what most people were actually like in the eighties before, like everything that I need to do now, I have to go, I have to watch about five YouTube videos to learn how to change a light bulb or something. But people used to, I just assume that people used to know how to do this stuff. Oh, you know how to wire a plug. That's amazing. I would have to, I would have to Google (laughs) it.
3: I need to watch at least 10 YouTube videos, but also (laughs) I kind of understand that this is what I get from the understanding of the character. Um, is that because he's experienced this huge loss and he's experienced and he's going through, you know, quite a torrid time of grief. It's almost like maybe before this, how I feel about him as a character, maybe before he would have been a bit more skeptical, Mm. but because he's gone through this grief, it's almost like that he's, he doesn't seem weak in a way, but this something's this veil has come down in a way that he's more accepting to things that are happening around him. Um, and kind of wanting to fight through it almost like it's a bit of a distraction in a way there is obviously a scene where he's sobbing and then he does stop sobbing as when there's like a noise there's almost like he's like thank god there's this house is haunted i'd have nothing to do
0: (laughs) that's a really good point actually yeah and that that scene i know i remember the exact moment when that banging just interrupts his grief and yeah, you're right, it does, actually, it does actually give him something to do. And that's, a, that's an interesting take on it, for sure. A very,
3: that's... very interesting character, I think.
0: For sure, absolutely. And it's one thing, I don't know if we want to talk about, you know, what the, the beats that are happening. But, you know, obviously at the start, his, uh, his wife and daughter are killed tragically yeah. in an accident. Yeah. And he then makes the move yeah. to... Well we'll, well,
3: we'll talk about the plot. We won't, we won't talk about every element, but we'll talk about the, the key the key bits. So I guess I'll just talk about the cast really quickly. So it's George okay. C. Scott as the main actor. John Russell as the main character, sorry. Um, George C. Scott, I don't think I've seen him in loads of stuff. He was in The Exorcist 3.
0: I was just about to say that. I kept <laughs> on thinking of The Exorcist 3 yeah. as I was watching it. That'll always be the George C. Scott movie for me.
3: Yeah. And... There are some similarities, I guess, in the performance in that. Uh, so he plays Lieutenant William Kinderman. I read I read the book Legion fairly recently as well. And it was oh. after, well, I say recently, it's probably about a year ago now, but it was after I'd recently watched Exodus 3. And it was like, it was a really good um performance on how the character was on the page. Um and they have got Trish Van DeVere as Claire Norman, who's like the head of this. Not the head. Sorry, she works for this. What, what is it? She works for that sort of look after the house.
0: It's yeah. There's like some kind society? of charitable society organization that protect, like yeah. essentially the equivalent of listed buildings in the states. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they're called listed buildings, but that seems to be her her deal.
3: Yeah, I mean it's pretty much those two. Uh, there are some other supporting characters. There's a senator. Um, who obviously becomes more important towards the end of the film. There's a police officer. Um Jean Marsh plays Joanna Russell, who is um John's wife, who does, as you mentioned, d- does die in the first scene alongside their young daughter. Jean Marsh uh has always kind of terrified me because <laughs> sorry, Gene <Jean> Marsh, <laughs> because she's 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 like these two very, very sp- um specific childhood memories I have of f- films that scared me. She plays uh, she's in Return to Oz as Mombi, like the main villain who like takes her head off and puts another head on.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: And uh, that film used to scare me. And she's also in Willow as like the queen (laughs) who also used to scare me. So now, unfortunately, sorry, G-Marsh, when I see your face, I I, I almost go, oh no, not you. (laughs) Oh God.
0: I mean, this was a scary movie just with the ghost stuff, but you had even more trauma to deal with it, right? Right from the off. Luckily, she got
3: splattered by a car in the first scene. She got moaned down. Like, uh, yeah, obviously that that scene is 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 tragic. Uh, I was I wondering.
0: Said. I know that we like to, you know, you like to have a laugh on this podcast, and I was like, how are we going to deal with that? And then just immediately, like, yeah, yeah. That's, that's how we have a laugh about it.
3: Another thing I kind of laughed at. Sorry, sorry, John Russell. <laughs> is that So obviously, what happens is he. So he's a composer from New York. He's moving. To Seattle after the tragic deaths of his wife and daughter. There's like snow in, their car's broken down. He goes to a phone box to to call the AA or whatever the version of that is, RAC. Um, Alcoholics Anonymous. What? And, <laughs> and uh, this scene just reminded me of Anchorman when he was like trapped in a glass case of emotion <laughs> in, the, in, in the phone box. He like, couldn't quite get out. He's like, oh, no. Uh, yeah, and there's like a truck come around the corner, speeded, um, and it crashes into a car, is not it? And that car seems to just wipe out his wife and daughter. Um, yeah, well,
0: uh, yeah, it's 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 fairly brutal, right? It's a it's a bold opening uh, for a movie, and yeah, it is it is grim. It's and the way kind the t- the
3: title card just appears there, like when he's in the phone box in the glass mm. case of emotion, uh, just appears there. In terms of the title, The Changeling, I never, just from knowing the title of this film, I always assumed it was about a changeling,
0: which is Ooh. like
3: a some I mean, I don't know loads about these, but some, some sort of supernatural thing that replaces something unknowingly to like the parent. It's usually like a baby or something, isn't it?
0: Yeah, my understanding is it was essentially sort of like woodland fairies would Take yeah. or, or or some kind of creature would take the babies and and replace them with something sort of wrong and like maybe mm. you know not quite uh well not quite right but
3: and there is something like that in terms of the origins of this haunting but it's mm. not like I mean obviously it is supernatural but it's not supernatural in that sense in terms of what a changeling yeah. is it kind of just represents something that happens.
0: This is another reason why this film is so successful I think at what it does is because there is like a really satisfying seems like an odd word to describe it but just from a plot and story point of view like it 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 feels um like a subst- like substantial in some way like it's a it's a very it's a the ghost if you like is a is a very kind of like troubling crime that really and again mm. i don't want to jump ahead but really it's quite a, an interesting moral question that it, it, that arises from it mm. uh because of things that we'll get into i guess um when we get yeah. there
3: yeah um no i think you're i think you're completely right so obviously after that tragedy um john russell moves to um a mansion he gives and views it first so it's like an, an agent, there's an agent of the local society, as we mentioned. Uh, so it's Claire Norman. She tells him that the property's been vacant for 12 years, but obviously someone's been keeping, sweeping the floors or whatever, uh, making sure, dusting uh, the books. I saw someone dusting, was dusting. Yeah, the there's books. a guy dusting the books. <laughs> Which no I one's really read these in 12 years. Uh, <laughs> would anyone mind if I take them? So it's quite an investment, for obviously. So we we understand George C. Scott. He's a c- successful composer. He's obviously got a bit of. Copy of money behind him. He's gone. Oh, I'll, I'll tell you what, rather than buying a little place where I can just live on my own and see out the rest of my years, I'll get a massive, massive mansion.
0: <laughs> it's it's so absurdly huge. So absurdly huge. It's obscenely huge. This movie. And how far away uh, is this movie New York this
3: from, from Seattle? In my head, really far That's... away.
0: Yeah, it's on the different coast, isn't it? Or am I wrong? Oh, gosh. I shouldn't yeah. have said it out loud in case I'm wrong.
3: I don't know, but it's quite far away. It is on a different coast. Yeah, you're
0: right. Yeah, I I thought so. Right. Okay. So yeah, it's a long way.
3: At one point, I was like, he's in New York. And then the next minute he was in Seattle. So obviously, he wasn't in New York. He obviously just moved completely away from New York. Um, one
0: thing that i like about about this transition actually as well because he's having a little conversation before he moves in with some friends i think that he has in seattle and he says he, he describes and it feels a little bit like an exposition dump because he describes you know his his reaction to his wife and daughter dying which is obviously you know to go kind of a little bit mad and he talks about this really horrible time when he basically lost his mind and he said that was four months ago, or some or I think it was four months. But basically what that does from a story point of view, which is quite interesting, is it tells us how long ago um, it was that he really hit the bottom of his grief. But what he had said before that was, I didn't feel anything for a while. So we yeah, actually okay. don't know how much time has passed. Okay. Um, it has this satisfying way of making us think that maybe it's just been four months, but maybe it's a bit ambiguous. And maybe he just kept on working and like ignoring this grief for a long time. I, I don't know mm-hmm. that just I, I liked. Yeah. I like that question mark of going, when did this happen? How long it's been? How long has it been? Because you can't quite get a read on this guy because he's so stoic and and stuff he's he's this he's kind of impenetrable as a character
3: yeah yeah definitely and uh it yeah so in that way we don't understand if this is a rash decision the fact that he's gone I'm just gonna buy a mansion or if it's something he has genuinely been thinking about for so long um but yeah so he moves in I mean it's, it's, it's it's quite a nice place. It's got like a study. It's got like a music room, which is obviously good. Oh, it comes with its own piano. Lovely. There's loads of, <laughs> there's loads of furniture around. Like you can have the pick of this. He's like, Oh, I've absolutely hit the, hit the jackpot. Yeah.
0: You've got your own book duster. Now he'll come round every yeah. Tuesday. Dust your books,
3: Dust your books. He's like,
0: just books though.
3: Just your books. He's like, he's built a load of dust again. What you been doing with these? Well, not reading them. Is that, <laughs> that's how it works. Um, so yeah, pretty, pretty, pretty early on, he starts to experience some unexplained phenomena. But at the same time, it's like the the um, this film moves at such a pace, like such a sort of I don't want to say gla- glacial pace. It's not like super slow. You're not like bored, but it kind of like just feeds you these tiny little snippets and tiny little nuggets of scary stuff, without oh, ever. See- There's
0: no. Sorry, sorry to talk over no, you. Go, 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 go. I I feel slightly differently about this point, okay. though. I do agree that it has a sort of me- <laughs> it does have a kind of meandering pace in places. Mm-hmm. But I was actually, like I said at the start, I, this was a rewatch, and it had been a few years since I'd watched it last time. The next scene that we're we're going to describe, because basically where we're at in the story is the the grief moment where he hears the banging that kind of knocks Uh, him out of his grief and gives and starts this investigation. But very, very soon after that, we have loud banging uh, in the house. So yeah, you know, that's a fairly standard story beat that we know in every haunted house story. There's a scene uh, very soon after it where, and I don't want to jump around too much, but very soon after it where the taps are running and he Mm. like, he explores the house and finds, like, oh, the, sink, the tap in the kitchen sink's running. The one in the second floor is running, and then there's a bath right to the I top. I thought he'd
3: been, he'd been hit by the wet bandits from
0: home alone. Because <laughs> yeah, the
3: taps are running.
0: He I tell like, you what, good. they would, they would, must have thought they were going to clean up when they saw the size of this house. They're like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> that, 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 we are going to clean up here. There's this a book duster definitely... that comes around. <laughs> <laughs> there's a piano.
3: Do you we get this piano in our
0: van? i mean yeah um <laughs> but but apart from the water bandits like uh, the, uh yeah them coming around um <laughs> the the point i was gonna make is in any other i, I think and maybe i am jumping ahead at just a tiny tiny little bit but very soon he he explores all the way up with this running water he gets up to the top and there's a there's a bathtub where he sees a, a vision of a, of a kid. Yeah,
3: so does he see the boy? So I think one thing that this film does well at is that I'm not always convinced that we're seeing exactly what John is seeing. Oh. I sometimes feel like we're perhaps seeing... We're seeing something. I don't know whether we're seeing like what the house is showing the audience or we're within the house. Because there's a moment later as well where... I've already mentioned it and we will, we'll describe it in more detail with a, a, mirror, a mirror smashes and there's a moment there where I'm like does John see has John seen that or is it just like does that make sense what I'm, what I'm saying it,
0: is, it, is it, it, just... it does it does and
3: his, his reaction I think that may be because of how as you mentioned blasé his reactions are because if you saw a little boy in a, in a bathtub you would just be like what the holy shit what the f-? but he's a bit like oh god <laughs> oh
0: dear (laughs) yeah i mean my read on it was that he did see the boy's face basically you know this sort of distorted underwater face but it's just a kind of Mm. it's slightly more than a blink and you'll miss it i mean as an audience member you know exactly what you're looking at but i my kind of read on it was that maybe it was just a kind of trick he he maybe put it down to a trick of the light but that's an Mm. interesting interesting question that i hadn't considered maybe as an audience member, we're getting a little yeah, bit more information.
3: I, I think in, in, in many other films that, that were sort of haunted house films, you would think, right, I'm seeing what the character is seeing. Well, I don't know. There was something about this film.
2: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank.
3: where i was a bit like unsure um
0: it would make more sense for some of his reactions and how (laughs) yeah i mean i'm not the first person to describe his his sort of performance as stoic i've seen that kind of mentioned (laughs) you know i looked at the wikipedia page before uh before we came online to to talk about it and i think there's some someone in some newspaper reviewed it and it was like He's still like this. Is a really yeah. odd, uh, an odd take on the character, or an he's odd just slightly, to
3: slightly it. annoyed by proceedings most of the time. <laughs> he's a bit like, oh, I just want to cry in peace, and there's you banging all the, banging all the pipes. So, so he does get the the book duster dude. who's was also does a bit of plumbing on the side. Oh no, he does a he, gardening. He's, he's look, got plumbing, gardening. Yeah, he's a man of many talents. Um, he sort of mentions that the banging was probably just the. The boiler. The boiler's got habits, he says, and he says, like... Uh, oh,
0: yeah, he does. Yeah, you're right. He does, yeah.
3: yeah, He says, and it's an old house, you know, so... He's like, yeah. no, no, no. Obviously, his, his mu- musicianship comes into it. He's like, no, the banging. It was too rhythmic. And uh, <laughs> he knew exactly what the, the structure, the timing was. So <laughs> he was like, no, 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 it's not that. Um, Obviously, there is a... This is a fairly spooky thing, so I guess we'll set it up by he's trying to write something new like a new composition and he's coming up with a certain melody uh and he can't quite get it but he's, he's almost there um and he i think he records it as well mm-hmm. and then f- what follows up from there that's obviously the setup for this scene is when he's leaving the house one day a tiny little piece of red stained glass like seems to like fire out of the window yeah. at him.
0: <laughs> like Pew. just, yeah, from, from way up high, just one of these tiny little stained glass panels explodes outwards. Yeah, um, again,
3: even, even now he seems a bit like, well, how peculiar. That's strange.
0: Well, th- this is my <laughs> yeah, yeah, he yeah, he just picks it up and kind of like starts he just goes into detective mode again, like exactly like you describe. This is something that distracts him from his grief, and now that I've got that read on it, it's reframing things like live as I'm as I'm talking about it, but this is the point I was going to before I realized I was jumping a little bit too far ahead because we had to go through the banging and the and the water he he obviously sees, uh, he investigates where has this glass come from, he looks up at the front of this massive house, which you have behind you and anyone watching the video of this, and um, it's
3: like this window, isn't it? Yeah,
0: spots that little window that it has a panel missing and he goes back inside, climbs the stairs and you sort of see him go through you you kind of get the feeling that he hasn't even fully explored, well he hasn't explored this house fully yet, because it's so colossal and um he realizes that he can't quite pinpoint the room where this wind this corresponding window should be and very quickly and apologies if there's anything you want to say but he he just he finds a cupboard realizes there's a bit of a draft coming through it rips down the shelves and finds this this secret this secret room this room that has been hidden away yeah. my point earlier when you were talking about the kind of I know you didn't necessarily describe it as glacial, but slow pace. My feeling is that the reveal of this room in any other haunted house movie would happen so much later.
4: Yeah, you would okay. have like yeah. so
0: many things going on, weird little happenings in the house, strange noises, bumps, you know, bumps in the night, whatever, the taps, blah, blah, blah. I think in most other haunted houses, and and ghost stories that that little segment that really just takes up the first five ten minutes of the movie it feels like it's probably a little bit more i feel that stretched out to to something more approaching a glacial pace Mm -hmm. in other movies and it's one of the things i love about this is how quickly it gets to it you know i can joke a little bit about how i thought Russell was going to be this skeptic and how quick he is to accept a ghost. But I kind of like that because I feel sometimes as an audience member, you are already. You, you already buy into the fact it being like it's a ghost story. You know, you've seen the trailer, you've seen the, the poster, or whatever. You're there to see a ghost story. And sometimes it can just annoy you a little bit when the character just seems reluctant to accept yeah. it. I can't think of a movie mm-hmm. off the top of my head, but I've definitely had this feeling in the past where I just feel we are... 10 steps ahead of you
3: yeah, yeah yeah and
0: you know this movie does not you cannot say that about this movie it's at all. not always Just... the
3: main character but there's always someone isn't there yeah. there's always a skeptic yeah. um when it's a uh, main character is is quite often but I, yeah. I do enjoy um, how he rips down the shelves as well. He is—he uh, is like, right, these shelves are getting ripped right down. <laughs> I'm not, not going to get anywhere to get a hammer and start taking the nails out. Uh, I am ripping them down with my
0: bare hands. <laughs> um,
3: yeah, and in this room, he is didn't like even watch a YouTube
0: room. video how to take down no, the No, not
3: for a second. What are you playing at, John Russell? <laughs> you animal! I bet you had a splinter in his hand afterwards, so we didn't see that bit. Um, that was why he was sobbing. Uh, so <laughs> it goes into this room This like secret room boarded up um, Finds basically where that piece of Red stained glass Had come out of the house um, Yeah and it's just cobwebs everywhere So there's like a bed isn't there Basically it's just like a, a Room of it's like a kid's room There's a wheelchair Which is completely covered in cobwebs um, Yeah this
0: place Hasn't been stepped in or lived in For a very very long time Hmm a um, hidden
3: attic bedroom. And yeah, so based on that piano scene as well, the, the creepy nature of this is that John finds a music box, um, opens it, and it plays. Well, initially I initially I didn't recognize it. Initially I wasn't like, Oh, that's that quality bit of piano he's playing just now (laughs) before i was like well what is that but obviously then we're we're made to understand that it's the exact same tune that he was playing downstairs when he was trying to to write the music and he explains to claire claire comes around not long after this and he's explaining to her a lot of the strange things and the fact that he found the room i think he shows her the room as well doesn't he
0: yeah 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 they don't like that's what's so great about it they're just like yep okay here we go here's the room this is everything that's happening yeah that's a really spooky wheelchair
3: it's kind of crazy but that's kind of really realistic isn't it because if that really did happen i found this weird room up here what (laughs) oh yeah and this (laughs) music box (laughs) show me and this music box is playing the same thing i was writing before no no (laughs) it wasn't don't be silly you are just you No, your mind's playing tricks on you like it feels more realistic like how people would probably genuinely react like sure he's probably more believing than some but yeah it's uh... uh
0: yeah and the way that he demonstrated um this audio uh this music box matching his piano song as he plays back the recording with mm-hmm. the music oh, yeah. box playing and i just want to say like kudos to to him because if you've ever lined up two bits of audio and tried to get them synced, oh my god, it's an absolute nightmare. It does it and first time? He's done this before the days of Audacity or anything else. He's just got a music box and an old. So let uh, me just line this wheel.
3: up. Give me a second. Actually, wait. Let me just open Audacity. Let me just drag the, <laughs> drag the files over to the. To the you know, no, that's not quite right. No, give me a second. Wait, I'm nearly there. I'm nearly there. I'm nearly there.
0: Yeah, let me <laughs> zoom in a little bit further. I'll get this. I'll get it.
3: And he nails so, it straight away. So that's really, why he's that's that's why he's a, a renowned composer. Obviously,
0: that, that's why everyone showed up to his lecture at the start. Oh, of course, Th- yeah, That's so... what he's here for. He's like he's going to be lecturing uh, in yeah. the university, and he had and... a class. So that's a nice little mo, a nice little character moment. that didn't really mm. d- go anywhere, just to kind of demonstrate how how adored he is as a, as a composer. That he had a. And his also, first class had like 23 sign-ups and then a full that's right, lecture hall yeah. turned up.
3: And it demonstrates a bit of his humour as well in this moment, doesn't it? Like he has a bit of a laugh of it, tells a couple of jokes, everybody laughs and we go, and he goes, right, now on with the shit-hot piano playing. He's
0: a born entertainer, yeah. <laughs> He's a born entertainer.
3: Uh, so yeah, and then after that, it kind of, there's a bit of kind of like detective stuff, digging into the history of the house, Um and then they find, so it's like a classic, how are we going to find out about this house? Get yourself to the library and mm-hmm. uh, start looking at all of the history of the house, any murders, any deaths, any stuff like that. And they find some information about a young girl who was killed outside the house in 1909 by like a coal cart. Is that right?
0: Yeah. Was, am I right in saying that she was a Carmichael? I think her name was Cora. Or something yeah, like that. Think, she wasn't just a right, she wasn't just a random girl I don't think and 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 yeah this becomes the sort of uh well she becomes the kind of focus of yeah. their investigation. And relatively soon after that they they decide that the the answer is to hold a séance which is like you yeah. know <laughs> again in any other movie we might wait a bit longer before that yeah. happens but it's like oh, well, there's a ghost. This girl died. Who does he speak to?
3: to? He speaks to some random guy and there's not some random guy. He does seek out this person. He works somewhere and he says, oh, 99% of uh, mediums are full of shit, but the 1% uh, are 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 amazing. And this one's like, all right, well, how do you know what the 1% was? (laughs) I think it's... it's, I
0: it's, (laughs) I think it's someone in his university who's in like yeah, parapsychology, right. or, or something like that. I don't yeah. know. There's some kind of interesting uh, research going on. And yeah, he's the one that I guess passes on the business card of <laughs> the 1%, the legit mediums. Yeah.
3: And this is, I think, the, the medium, the, the, the woman who plays the medium is a, is, is a great performance as well. And again, feels more realistic. We're not going for the scary old lady or like the, the, the adorable old lady or anything like that She yeah. just seems like a normal woman she looks at her husband and also the way they communicate with this spirit as well is is quite unique isn't it there was no Ouija board or uh
0: yeah else? it's it's kind of it's it, exactly what you say it's it it feels sort of realistic and, and and everyone just kind of you know some of the characters that we've got so Claire turns up the the, the mum turns up as well right uh yeah. claire's mum from the because there was a little moment earlier which yeah. uh, which i guess might which i guess bears mentioning when they're at a party and he meets mm. her and he meets her mum and also carmichael who is going to become a much bigger part of the story does a little speech but they i mean as as the viewer and even you know john russell and and Claire, they're not particularly interested. They actually go get a drink when he's speaking, but it just gives us that little mm-hmm. glimpse of this person who's going to pay off a lot, a lot later. Uh, but yeah, everyone just turns up and uh, at the seance, and they they kind of dim the lights. But it's even it's shot in quite a matter of fact way. It's it's not. Yeah. This is the thing that's why it's so surprisingly effective in places um and, and and they they begin and all that's happening i believe is that sh- she's just like uh, got a pencil in her hand and is mm-hmm. scrawling on a bit of paper and asking questions to Cora who they think they're trying to speak to but there's a mm-hmm. moment I, I i i can't remember exactly where it comes in the the beats of the seance scene but this is one of the surprisingly effective moments there's a shot a point of view shot that comes down the stairs as yeah. they are in the room. yeah, 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 And it's yeah. got that kind of like, you know, POV, a bit, like a bit shaky cam type thing as if it's someone walking down the stairs. There's and a couple
3: even of shots like thinking that. Thinking oh, about no, it now
0: creeps me out. It's <laughs> <Yeah>. so surprisingly <laughs> right, effective. I'm
3: going to say, I'm sorry. You, you <laughs> wait till you hear what I got to say. Um, and again, the reason why this is effective is because it does seem like they're trying to communicate with a certain spirit. And the fact that the spirit isn't that person? It turns out to be somebody else. Almost adds that another layer of like authenticity to it, where you're a bit like, oh god, if this if this medium was out to make a quick buck, maybe she'd just go along with it and say, oh yeah, yeah, Cora, she's here, yeah, she got knocked over by the cold cart. Oh, she's devastated, yeah. But no, there's another spirit in the house called Joseph, um, and yeah, she's scribbling on the paper and answering, asking the questions pretty much over and over again. Are you this p- person? No what's your name joseph uh what else whatever information did they get
0: oh, uh, well they ask him how he died did he die in this house yeah uh, how did he die and he actually answers it but i can't remember exactly what he says oh is it father? yeah okay father yeah that's that sounds about right yeah and but um
3: what was the thing they did after that bit where they had like uh Tin yeah. Man's hat on the, <laughs> I have the Tin no Man idea. from Wizard of Oz They got a Tin Man from the Wizard of Oz They ripped his head
0: off and they put <laughs> that in the middle of the room Yeah, it just kind of It was a continuation of the seance And yeah. What were they asking at that point? I, I, gosh, I only just watched it last night and I'm forgetting But yeah, just in case, I, I'm, I'm sure that everyone's listening has probably seen it or if you haven't it was just a really, really odd tin cone. cone piece of weird like, apparatus and it was shaking but i was like is that cuz there's a
3: spirit or just cuz it it looks ever so <laughs> ever so
0: wobbly does not it good yeah there's only one of the legs on the table shorter than the others so <laughs> it's just like wobbly and the
3: husband the husband is just nudging nudging it like <laughs> going, Oh, bloody hell, you he never believe this is terrifying.
0: All, all yeah, all those sheets of paper that he was taking up that she was scribbling on, he was actually folding them up really quickly and like stuffing them <laughs> under the short leg. <laughs> Someone's gonna start <laughs> oh, this table.
3: <laughs> so at the end of that moment, the 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 cone flies off and smashes like a glass or something, doesn't it? And there's a this is mm. this is another thing. Um this spirit isn't doesn't pretend doesn't use violence all that much uh, there are obviously moments of violence there are deaths apparently at this spirit's hand but for the most part it doesn't tend to use violence it's kind of like I don't know. was weird I was almost like is this supposed to be a, like a malevolent spirit or genuinely just a spirit who's seeking some sort of
0: well my feeling was endless... that and and this is you know, anyone watching this, I'm sure, will know that spoilers abound because we're going to get mm. to the end of the movie at some point. But it's, and it kind of felt like a childish spirit, you know, it's got that kind of, a, 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 you. you know, childlike temper tantrums type thing. Mm-hmm. So I kind of feel, and we see that again in a, in a big way in the finale. Um, so yeah, I agree. It's got a sort of innocence to it and a vulnerability. But here, for whatever reason, uh, maybe because of the repetitive nature of the questions or just because it doesn't feel it's getting through, it kind of has that strop moment where it just yeah. really violently shows its power and sends this glass Carini. Yeah, and it, and
3: it seems like violence is like a last resort for this spirit. Almost like, it wouldn't be violent, but you guys are just trying the nerve.
0: You, you guys aren't getting this, come on!
3: After that, John goes back to his audio equipment and listens back to the recording again. Something like this is very commonplace in all haunting movies, but this feels like it's got to be one of the earliest versions of this, right?
0: Oh, that's an interesting question.
3: Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm actually, not... I'm, I'm sure it isn't, but it's it's one of the earlier iterations of it it, isn't it
0: yeah Um, it might be it's a trope this this whole like um ghostly voices uh, appearing on a recording I think it's called like ESP or something like that but I can't remember what that stands for um I I I really dig this this is a god I sound like a broken record and I'm going to use (laughs) the phrase effective so frequently but I I just love it when uh, when a filmmaker or a storyteller is going for something and it just lands, it just lands exactly as it's supposed to. And this film does it all the time. This is an effective scare. I, I honestly don't know. I mean, I guess. Gosh, I wonder what would be the an earlier example of this. But yeah, is, it's got it's there, got to be early. Uh, one of the early ones for is sure. There anything and, like
3: that in, in The Exorcist? Would he listen back to anything and hear? Uh,
0: hmm, not sure not sure. It's not coming. It's not coming to me. But oh gosh, that I'm going to lose my. Maybe I'm, I'm thinking of. My, uh, maybe, I'm thinking of ex-
3: maybe I'm thinking of Exorcist too. I think that might be something like that. Um, but yeah, I think it feels like a lot of this stuff is just really back to basics, bare bones versions of of you know quite traditional supernatural scares. It just feels like are done in such a way that they just feel rooted in reality, which I think is why if there was a different character leading proceedings in, in this film, we might be a bit more like oh, it's not really as, as effective as you say, but because it's old John Russell, Mr. George <laughs> C. Scott, it almost, it does almost feel like we're there with our uncle or something and he's going, never guess what? Listen to this. <laughs> yeah. Vo- voice of a ghost on this uh, recording and you go, what? And he'll go, yeah,
0: weird, isn't it? Anyway,
3: uh, <laughs> like the- he he
0: does (laughs) they they do potentially like oversell it because he he like obviously hears it he hears the the faint ghostly not sound of this child speaking on the recording which obviously wasn't in the room when they were doing the seance in the previous scene and then he like turns it up and he rewinds it and then we hear it we very clearly distinctly hear it and he rewinds it it, turns it up and yeah and he does that like what feels like a you know, it's not 10 times, but he it, they, they potentially oversell it. Like, okay, we, we got it. We know that he's there, but it, it still works. It's still effective. Also, I just have to get this out of my head because I'll never live it down because The Exorcist <laughs> is also one of my favorite movies as well. And when you asked if there was a recording in it, and I was like, damn it, I'm going to lose my cred again if i don't answer this there is a recording scene in the exorcist but it's when they discover like they're recording the all the languages that reagan can speak yeah if you remember that's that. right yeah, yeah so i course. just had to get that in uh because it popped into my head and i wouldn't be able to get it out but yeah, yeah um yeah they, they hear it and and also obviously he's mimicking the the answers uh or not mimicking, I should say, because he actually, he's coming in first, you know, he's like, are you here? Are you Cora or whatever the questions are? And then we hear no. And then we hear the the medium's assistant, you know, say it very clearly. And it's quite a beautiful little parroting yeah. of, of that. It, it works, it works really nicely. But we're also now getting extra stuff that they weren't writing down, I feel like. And there was actually a couple of things said that I don't, I didn't fully catch. I should have watched it with subtitles that I don't know exactly mm. what he said, but you said father, which is one of the words I think I missed actually, but there might've even been more that was, yeah, uh, that was said in this father. thing.
3: Maybe I've, maybe I've just imagined that because obviously after this, we try and um, John Russell works out what happened to this boy. How did how does he work out that this boy existed and what happened to him? Does he?
0: Um, well, this is the bit where I was talking earlier about the detective story has Mm -hmm. some leaps i feel like maybe maybe this isn't maybe i'm getting a little bit ahead of my uh, ahead of myself but at the end of this investigation because uh, yeah I, i can't remember where it obviously they now have a name so they can then go back to newspaper clippings or whatever i actually think they go back to the place where uh claire works and try to get some old files is that this part of the story yeah yeah
3: because that's when there's an older woman who works there as well
0: exactly we get introduced we may have met her slightly earlier but we get introduced to her properly and she's definitely up to she's trying to cover up something this woman does not want them pretty quickly say
3: to sorry sorry john she does quickly say to, to john she does say i don't know if this was earlier but she says you shouldn't be living in that house. That house doesn't want people or something. Mm, yeah, they?
0: yeah, that's true, actually. Yeah, and he I goes, elaborate. And she goes, nah, <laughs> see you later. Yeah, I've said enough. <laughs> I really don't think enough. you have. I think you've just started, but okay, fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, She, I think she puts them off the scent, but she also, or or she, it feels like she puts them off the scent in that one, or maybe not put off the, the wrong, the wrong thing, but definitely pushes back against their investigation. But then this time they ask her, uh, who lived there or or gosh, I'm getting mixed up with the w- the way this falls out, but I feel like that's where they find out something about yeah. Joseph. And the reason why I said earlier, I think there's some leaps in the detective logic. I feel like uh, John Russell puts together what happened with almost <laughs> with almost 100 percent accuracy all in immediately. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, oh, OK, well, you know, obviously, you know, he was a kid. That because got, also, uh,
3: where would where would this information have been? I know he said father, potentially, but where would this information have been? Like that this this is what happened to the boy. Um, He was clearly murdered by his dad. Um, and know because we see a scene, don't we, which obviously is putting this together for us. Um, yeah. Which is the whether or
0: not in- he gets to see that is another question. But yeah. we get to see what happened and that answer is revealed. He, he puts it together, sorry, I don't want to speak of you, you're going to make another point, but in answer to your question that you just asked, he puts it together through a series of things, so like they're reading newspaper clippings, and they realize that he had a kid that went off to, mm-hmm. that got uh, hunted off to Switzerland uh, for, for boarding school during the war, um, and they have this line where he's like, oh, his, his father said that, his son wouldn't set foot again on American soil until the war was over or something like that. So the kid was away, but he also went at one point, he does a lot of investigation really quickly and he goes and yeah. looks at the will and realizes uh, course, that yeah. the, the son is the main beneficiary of, his, of the, like, the grandfather's estate or money, but he oh, has yeah. to get to the age of 18 before it becomes... Um, before it becomes his. And if, he, and if for whatever reason he doesn't reach, reach 18, it won't go to the father. It just all goes to charity. And from those two details of like the, the story of being put away to Switzerland, uh, or maybe it wasn't a boarding school, maybe it was actually to get treatment because there's another yeah. bit I of I think there's like a
3: pretense that he was to seek treatment. That's um, right. Here, yeah, possibly. yeah.
0: Because w- he was a sickly child potentially not expected to in you know in those days this is like the the early 1900s potentially like you know um it's not a sure thing that that this kid is going to make it to 18 and he very quickly puts together this whole idea of the changeling um yeah which you know i i maybe if i have some criticisms about this movie it might have been nice if the kind of idea of of what's going on with Joseph this this spirit wasn't 100% accurate at this point and maybe they went down a couple yeah. more dead ends or well, um, maybe
3: revealed more slowly or in a way maybe Joseph helps reveal some of this it almost feels like John gives away and does all the all the hard work um, so yeah the changeling scenario isn't this scenario isn't the supernatural scenario it's just a boy it's like an adopted boy Came in to replace Joseph, um, but obviously after he was eighteen, and then we do see the the scene where his dad murders Joseph. Um, so he's like having a bath. Uh, can you murder someone by just holding their legs up in the bath?
0: Well, I, don't, I, I mean, I mean, you saw it, right? So yes. I, know, I saw it. I was a bit like, just up, wouldn't you? Or just go stop. <laughs> I, I mean he, he is descri- he is described as a sickly kid so that's the only thing that go. I can okay, do yeah. yet like that maybe he wasn't strong enough to set up but we also yeah. learn in this scene as well go, just cu- harking back to the rhythmic banging the the sound that he's hearing is not the boiler it's actually the sound of the little of little joseph's fists on mm-hmm. this kind of iron tub that he's bathing in Which is kind of, it's a really grisly scene actually, um, because of the way that it's shot. Like, you know, you can see it's too, you know, this is shot in the 80s. Maybe nowadays that would be, it would be, uh, they might CG it because it's, you know, it's a child actor, but he just like, he just lifts up his legs and this kid actor. The angle as well, the way
3: it's shot, it's like really high up in the room, isn't it? Yeah, it's
0: it's really quite uncomfortable to watch because Mm -hmm. it's it's two actors on, on screen and obviously, you know, they're, they're, he's not actually holding them down and drowning them, but it's still like, you know, anytime mm. there's water involved and someone on, under it, it's like, oh, it makes mm. me kind of a little bit uneasy. Um, and it's, it's, it's fairly grisly.
3: And the fact that it's in the room that we've already seen and the, the way we've seen the room so far is covered in cobwebs and the fact that we can now see it like in a living, breathing with actual, the people mentioned in it
0: yeah back back sense. when yeah back when it was lived and i realize how ridiculous it is for me to describe an actual scene of child murder as fairly grisly, but you know what you know <laughs> what i mean <laughs> it's
3: really realistic actually i mean i'll tell you what I mean, i've never really thought about it before but uh if i've ever seen a child murder on film and i've gone yeah it looks about right <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: fairly grisly. yeah yeah
3: early grizzly <laughs> uh so yeah obviously all the all that detective work is done and then the boy who replaced joseph um when he was like younger but obviously grew up to be 18 um and then i think they claimed oh he's cured now he's back
0: he's yeah 18 well the idea is that he was shipped off when he was whatever age joseph was um let's say like eight nine ten something like that and shipped off through all these these years where you go through a lot of changes obviously as a young man uh so any any differences in appearance would just be described away as oh well yeah. you know he obviously his treatment has has sorted whatever problems he has and he's grown into a young man so that's how the the, the kind of crime he uh, how this old Carmichael expects to get away with it um, What's kind
3: of strange is that we don't really hear much else about like are we hearing about a mother That's all. Is there much discussion about a mother?
0: I don't think so. I I don't remember uh, 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 that. uh, Obviously, the father, the the relationship between the father and the son, um, or maybe not the relationship, but the, the sort of way that the changeling, if you like, sort of reveres his father and the way that his father was seen as a great man by everyone in the public eye becomes a big part of the finale. Um. So we yeah. hear a lot about the the dad character, but yeah, I don't remember the mum really being mentioned. But maybe yeah. maybe there's something in the clipping. She definitely doesn't get a, yeah. a portrait or anything like that. We never see that.
3: Uh yeah. So the next part is when John's investigation l- leads him to a property built. On some land that was once owned by the Carmichael family, I was a bit confused at this moment. I was a bit like, "Where, are, where are we? What's going
0: on?" <laughs> well, uh, this is another big leap. This is maybe one of the biggest leaps in the detective story yeah. because he just says, "I'm going to look for it, like land owned, and it's got to have a well." And it's like, yeah. "Okay," as if like you know, then he's he buried becomes a convinced wells. <laughs>
3: that this is where. Yeah, he basically becomes convinced that this is where Joseph Carmichael was buried or has been dumped down this well um and he pretty much gets the answer he's looking for because when he initially questions this this mother who a woman who lives there she says that her daughter has been having bad dreams and one of the dreams is that the ghost of, of what sounds like joseph is like crawling up trying to get from beneath the floorboards this made me think about something that i've often thought about uh, especially when it comes oh. to like supernatural films and stuff like that can in fiction how many how often are do, do you find occurrences of like a ghost haunting more than one place oh. so this is kind of strange isn't it because joseph is haunting his family home where he was murdered but it also seems like he's haunting the place where his uh his body's been buried as well And i thought that's quite an interesting um Interesting thought and an interesting concept is that a ghost, a spirit, in some way, can haunt more than one place. Uh,
0: There's a couple of moments like that, or maybe not. Maybe there's only one other moment which we haven't got to yet that I think maybe the lot. I don't want to be the um actually guy of the logic of like the story and the haunting. Yeah, but you know what can Joseph's spirit actually do? there's another bit coming up with the police guy, which seems to go against maybe the sort of rules that have been set in place. Cause yeah, it's an interesting point. Like is Joseph in two places at once? Can he go out? Cause obviously he does go out, uh, and follows a car at one point. <laughs> Where um, are you
3: going Joseph? Well, right. Leave me alone.
0: Um, God, but talk about, you know, talk about another effective scare, literally just that, the, the the woman who owns the house built on top of the well, just her describing her daughter's dream creeped me out in such a serious yeah. way. That performance is su- like, it's just a very small bit part in a much bigger movie. But the way she tells that story, I know we do get a little glimpse of, uh, you know, a sort of watery, um, uh, like, a you know, a little vision of what her daughter saw, uh, which is also equally creepy but even just her telling the story alone and the thing that convinces this woman because john russell's there with a big ask which we're about to get to but the thing that yeah. convinces her is the 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 night that her daughter had the dream is the same night that john russell had the seance yeah. which she which he tells her uh, to. okay you know. okay i've got you now okay
3: um, so it's almost like kinda... that that um Awake, oh, oh, awaken something. There, yeah, yeah. That okay, okay, okay. I didn't think of that connection, but there. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, I've got you now. Um, <laughs> that's great though. I like that. I like the fact that. Sure, we're we're asked these huge jumps in 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 the narrative where we're supposed to believe that this connection's been made, but when the payoff is something like that, where we're like, okay, that coincidence now feels a little bit more like. It's almost like sure there are these huge jumps, but in a way, it's almost like John's being guided by some unknowing force that's trying to help him sort of <clears throat> put this together. And I did really like that. And yeah, of course, the ask is, can I smash your daughter's? <laughs> can I smash your daughter's room to bits?
0: <laughs> Deep, there's a
3: well under there. I want to get down there because uh, see what's down there.
0: What? Yeah, she's, I mean, in, in her defense and in, like, the, the sort of believability of this story, she doesn't go for it immediately. They have, yeah. uh, they, they go away and uh, what happens actually? Um, uh, what's the, she what's says, the I next think She scene? says,
3: I've got your number, I'll call you, for, I'll have a little think about it, yeah. And yeah. I think that's when, when we see the daughter again waking up and that's when she has, like, a, she's in bed with her mum and she wakes up and then she has another vision doesn't she see something else um yeah so yeah then she's like right get get down here right now is that right i don't know (laughs)
0: yeah i know you're right because like well ultimately it has to get to the point where he digs up the well but um i i just thought that maybe there was something and I'm i'm blanking on what happens between those two moments when he goes away I thought there was something that maybe happened, but maybe maybe not. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not. I took a couple of notes, but I I don't re- I didn't remember this one. I guess it doesn't matter. Ultimately, the the, the daughter has another dream, and he gets to take a chainsaw, and it's the most dramatic, like yeah. John Russell way of doing it. You know, it's it's ripping down the shelves again. Just get a chainsaw and just yeah. straight down into He's the middle it. of the floor. I honestly think John
3: Russell's loving this. He's like. <laughs> Right, got a nice project to get my teeth into, you know. <laughs> like a, a man of, I know he's not retired because he's he's still working as a composer, but a man of retired age loves a good project to get their teeth into. What's <laughs> well, so that? That shed needs. I need to rip that shed down and rebuild it. Let's do it. That let's, all that patio needs to come up.
0: He's loving it. I don't care um, if there's a well under it. Let's just rip it <laughs> all down.
3: And again, maybe this this comparison's where I felt like the ring in terms of the. Uh, in terms of the mystery oh yeah, the sure, detective yeah stuff obviously the connection there is that there's there's a well um and yeah when john gets down there he finds the skeleton of, of a kid and this reveal of this christening medal which we saw in the flashback um not well not a flashback ascent essentially like the scene of the boy being killed he had this little me- medal around his neck initially i forgot about that and when he found the medal I was like what well, was mr t buried down here <laughs> what's, what's he found? <laughs> also, he's not getting on no plane but he'll get into the get into a well uh, but this yeah this the way this medal is revealed it kind of like it looks like it's been reversed doesn't it this shot where it kind of just yeah. comes out of the ground it's um, still
0: pretty neat though i mean it's it, yeah it's very obviously just a reverse shot but it's It it works. It's it's effective. There's that word again. I'm going to keep using it. Still works. It's a nice creepy little moment.
3: (laughs) Yeah, and then obviously he's already made the connection to this U.S. senator, who I think at this point he believes is the boy, the changeling boy, grown up, who Mm -hmm. replaced the dead kid, grown up. And he does go and try and confront him on a runway. He's like, "What's that again? On a plane? I'm just going to brandish a medal, swing it around." shout I know what you, you know what happened I know what happened all this stuff uh, and it's
0: difficult to get a read on Carmichael who's the senator the senator's name it's difficult to get a read on his reaction because this is going to pay off a little bit later obviously you know if we're going to believability they're they're yards apart there's very there's no way he saw the detail of this like <laughs> yeah. waving around this little medallion but we you, you don't know whether or not to read this as He recognizes that medallion and he's like, Oh, what? Or if he doesn't see it or just like dismisses it or or just thinks he's crazy, like it's very difficult to get a read on exactly what's going through Carmichael's head about this guy at this part. And it's, yeah, it's this is one of the reasons why the ending is so effective, which I'll hold off. So,
3: obviously, he reveals that he's got a christening medal of his own around his Mm. neck but this next scene this next sequence where he calls he asks the pilot or someone on the plane to call this police officer i don't know yeah. the way it went from here i kind of thought okay so he's he's going to reach out to him um and maybe try and but he doesn't he's almost sending this police officer around to john to just knock it on the head to just completely um almost scare him off in a way isn't
0: it it yeah it doesn't <laughs> See, I don't know if I fully understand this bit yet or the motivations of every character in this next bit because he caught, he's seen the medallion on the runway. He's looked at his own. We, we know as the audience and he knows that he has it. Mm-hmm. But he sends DeWitt, I think is the, the, the police chief's name yeah. or whatever, whatever rank he is, I'm not sure, uh, to John's house, John Russell's house, and he said like knowing that john has this medallion because that's one of the lines that the police guy that's Dewitt uses it's like you have something that belongs to mr or senator carmichael and he wants it back
4: yeah
0: and that's fine is, yeah like that that's okay that makes sense on its own it doesn't make sense later though to me mm-hmm. when and like, I, I, I don't want to jump around or jump around but at the end it's insinuated very heavily and i think my read on the end is uh carmichael doesn't know what what he is i don't think according to the end okay. and, uh, you know we're, we're getting close so that so this bit the motivations here don't make a ton of sense on my read of the ending but maybe mm. your read's different and we'll get to it in i a think second.
3: that does make sense though because i think there's a moment when john kind of uh, uh accuses or tries to explain to Carmichael what he thinks happens and he gets quite angry Carmichael doesn't he he's saying accusing his doc- adoptive father of murdering somebody um so perhaps he doesn't know or perhaps he's in denial um,
0: I, I guess the thing that doesn't make sense for me is then why is he why is he asking for the medallion back like I I, I, I don't know maybe he's just like surprised that there's two he only thought there was yeah. one I don't know but it, yeah, it just there's a couple of question marks. But yeah, so
3: essentially, the police officer attempts to like intimidate him and ret- retrieve the medal. When John basically says no, he says, Well, I'll either come back, you can either give it to me now or I'll come back with a search warrant and we'll tear this place apart. He says something like that to me.
0: Yeah.
3: Um, and obviously, John, John Russell says, like,
0: That's my job, tearing places yeah, apart. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah.
0: I'll help you.
3: You what? What do you want to do? <laughs> Rip this floor up. Yeah, we'll, we'll get on it. Me and you'll do it. Yeah, that's yeah, fine.
0: Yeah. Come, I'll be here in an hour. Let's go for it.
3: John Russell's changing rooms. He's like,
0: 20 DIY SOS. Let's smash uh, this place to bits.
3: Um, but also I get the impression that John Russell feels like he's got nothing to lose in this scenario. Like he's lost his family. He's got this big house. He's trying to get to the bottom of this mystery. It doesn't matter what happens as long as he kind of unearths the mystery, I, I, I suppose.
0: I kind of, because this very next thing that he does... And this is coming into the scare that you were speaking about earlier, the mirror scare. But the very next thing that he does, it looks to me like he's taken his medallion and it looks like he's going to try and find a hiding place for it, which kind of seems a bit redundant when the guys just said, we're going to tear the place apart looking for it. But that's that's what I thought he was going to do first time I watched it. And then we have this mirror Mm -hmm. scare moment where quite similar to the the window, I guess earlier just exploding outwards in this really isolated yeah. little pane the the center of the mirror just <clears throat> explodes outwards, actually gets a bit of uh, glass lodged in john russell's neck oh yeah, uh, he yanks which, out like, straight away, obviously like, yeah, of course, yeah no rah. no YouTube video on how to <laughs> do that um, <laughs> but we see like and this is the that you were asking about earlier, do we think that John saw this, or is this just for us the audience but um dewitt's uh sort of bloodied face is right in the center of the mirror uh and we then learn via a phone call uh because claire was just there we didn't say that claire just left when dewitt was in there and she phones from a payphone and says it's just happened i just saw it dewitt's car like completely without touching any other car there hasn't been a collision just flipped and we see that it's the exact mirror mirror Mm. of uh the mirror yeah this is
3: effective his is sort of like a death mask which is pretty terrifying there's a big hole in the windscreen he's completely upside down and uh dead but eyes wide and mouth agape. it's uh yeah it was it was effective i was i was i was affected by that because i kind of like knew what happened i was like oh my god so I put all those pieces together but it really did take that phone call to really like hammer it home for me where I was like, okay, that is is pretty effective and now it almost feels like the next step that Joseph is willing to take even though, as we mentioned, he's not a violent spirit, it doesn't seem at this point, but it seems like obviously he's taken a step now in order Mm -hmm. to um, and it feels like they're in the end game of trying to draw because what is his goal? To draw Carmichael out and be able to
0: well, this is the big, this is what I was hinting at earlier when I said, like, if you actually try to get the logic of what the rules are of what Joseph is capable of, because mm. if he is capable of, and I'm not being this guy, but, you know, just as a storyteller, <laughs> it doesn't bother me, but there is an argument to be made for, like, if he can get out and flip DeWitt's car, why yeah. can't he reach Carmichael in the plane, for instance, or, you know, like... yeah. It's but I'm not gonna get I don't want to be that guy. It's just like if I try to explain it away, I don't really have a good explanation other than it just works for the story and it's a really satisfying. Yeah. Story, and I'm fine it with definitely, it, but yeah,
3: it definitely works. But then I also think, oh, what I'm glad it kind of happened off screen because I feel like if we saw DeWitt getting into his car and he was driving and suddenly saw a figure and then he like swerved and mm. yeah. Perhaps that wouldn't have been as effective. The fact is kind of like happens off screen. We don't get to see exactly what happened again, makes it um, effective. (laughs) Pretty effective again. It's so effective. Uh, So, yeah, after that, Carmichael agrees to meet with John. And this is where um, John basically tells him. What well essentially what he thinks has happened. He's what, what he's doing here is he's doing a murder she wrote moment where he's just going, This is what I think happened, and I'm gonna tell you all of this and see this what your take this on. This is Columbo moment. <laughs> this is <Yeah>. Columbo <laughs> moment, yeah. Um, and that's when Carmichael basically says, How dare you accuse my dad of murder?
0: Um and, and the way that this has been played, sorry to speak over you, but like the, the, the I think good. this is a really interesting scene because the way that this has been played up until this point. My interpretation, at least, was that Carmichael knew what he was.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: But his reaction here is so honest that you realize yeah. he had no idea. Okay, yeah. As far as he was concerned, he is Joseph Carmichael. And that's the mo- that's the kind of moral gray area that's so interesting about this ghost. And I, I, I mean ghost as like the ghost of what the father did to joseph rather than the literal spirit that we're talking about here the ghost of the story that came before that's what makes this so satisfying is like it's not just an obvious villain or anything like it's the sins of the father type deal it's like one step removed and you sort of feel a little bit heartbroken when like or i did when you realize that this guy who you've sort of seen as a bit of a villain up until this point, actually is clueless about it and is learning yeah. this really horrible detail like just there and then. And I think that um, John Russell as well like sort of sees that too because he's he sort of, he's like his performance is kind of like pity you know he he's not mm. there he thinks he's there to be black Carmichael thinks he's there to blackmail him and he's ready to write a check and he's like i'm not he like that's not yeah. what oh, yeah, he does say he says i don't yeah. want
3: any anymore i have got loads mate i've just bought this house I you know
0: <laughs> yeah i know look at the size of my house it's bigger <laughs> than yours um but yeah so i i think that's one of the reasons it's so so satisfying and effective there's that word again like it's just it just all wraps up quite nicely even although there's a couple of question marks and a couple of leaps that is a really satisfying little moment because it just kind of pulls the rug under uh, rug from under you a little bit Um, and the way that
3: sorry john the way that john leaves the medal and the copy of the sounds recording he leaves it there and apologizes it is honestly like he's okay I've, i've got i've taken this as far as i can uh i wipe my hands of it now um i guess it's kind of, in a way it kind of must be like an ending for him but of course uh the ghost of joseph has
0: other, other ideas um and yeah Clark- i, I feel sorry sorry
3: no speak. go on go on
0: well i i feel like that we we did speak about this as well like what is joseph's end goal um and i feel that uh john is is just as clueless as well. Like, I feel like he's he kind of takes on you you insinuated really well earlier, or hinted towards it earlier, that he wanted almost like was gleefully taking part in this detective thing because it distracted him from his grief. But then I think with like learning what he did about the mur- the murdered child like obviously brought that home in a big way. And I think to him and what happened. And I think that he desperately, desperately, maybe one of the reads on why he's so stoic and, and so like not typically scared as characters generally are in ghost stories is because he's genuinely like feels for this kid because he puts the story together so quickly. So he wants yeah. to do something for him, but he's also kind of clueless as to what it is mm-hmm. that he needs to do. Um so I, I kind of see that moment at the end where like I'm not looking for money. Here's here's the the seance i haven't made any copies here's your medallion yeah. i'm giving you everything and i'm wiping my hands of it it's just kind of a bit of exasperated for him as well he's like i don't know what to do but yeah. this is all i can do is just make you aware of what happened
3: <clears throat> yeah it's like i've done enough uh my is done uh whatever you choose to do with this, this information is now your choice but i'm gonna go back to my haunted house <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. and just chill out um but yeah Perhaps he thinks that that might be the end of it in a way, but no, because when Claire goes to the house to find John, um, she gets involved in uh, a pretty terrifying chase sequence. We get another one of those POV shots as well, this time from like within this with it actually as if the camera was on the wheelchair. uh, And yeah, so she goes up. To, what did she go up to the room for? Did she just hear some noise? And then
0: she hears his voice. So she hears John's voice, oh, like God, Joseph is mimicking his voice somehow, and uh, she in exactly the same way it actually uh, completely bookends the, the the running water scene from the start. You know, he mm. hears she hears his his voice progressively deeper or higher, I guess into the house so she goes up the stairs and continues all the way up to the attic room and there's that I think she
3: says I don't want to come up there doesn't she exactly
0: say yeah. yeah even when you just said it there it like made it, it kind of give me like goosebumps again because <laughs> yeah. it's such a it's such a heartbreaking moment because he she thinks that he's in there and she's just stopped at this door and she's like please don't make me go up here and it's just oh my gosh it's it even now even thinking about it um it's really really effective <laughs> it's the way it's
3: the way that, that sort the wheelchair obviously she looks at it but then it like turns towards her that's like yeah oh. a bit like uh <laughs> what a moment uh yeah a bit like uh i was trying to think of something else with wheels that moves brum it's like that's a lovely little car in there oh there's brum <laughs> oh, Brum's, he's always like when Brum chases down the like <laughs> the robbers or something, uh, yeah. that's how this wheelchair acts. It just it's 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 it just comes at her. Oh
0: man. <laughs> just like just like Brum. Uh, yeah, I mean the, the we 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 didn't speak about this, actually. There's a a moment earlier. It's probably my favorite moment in the whole movie, and I totally forgot to mention it, where they're speaking, and it's the first time that Claire sees the wheelchair move. Like, it's just at the top of the stairs, and it, like, sort of creaks. I can't remember if she actually sees it moving or if it's just sitting there, but she walks out and just, like, immediately sees it. And it's this fantastic, like, fantastically terrifying moment when you're just like, what is she seeing? The actress who plays Claire, whose name I've for- already forgotten, does this so exceptionally well. It's-, it's absolutely my favorite shot in the whole movie. Um, but just to say like uh, the-, the wheelchair is such an iconic image. Mm. Uh, it yeah. really, you know, it stands up with, uh, I think, a lot of the, f- the kind of prestige horror that you were talking about earlier, like, Earlier, like this, th- just this image of an empty child's wheelchair is so, like, eerie yeah, and unsettling. It's a wonderfully iconic uh, uh, image, and it's used it... very, very effectively. it just
3: tells such a story, doesn't it? It tells such a yeah. tragic story. You see the empty wheelchair, you understand that this is a ghost story, Just by looking at that, you're like, okay, so it's a a story about the spirit of 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 a disabled in some way, and obviously when you find out as a child as well, there's even more of that tragedy. Um, Is the shot you're talking about when she's looking up the stairs and John kind of comes to her face, doesn't he, and, and puts his hand on her face and then looks to see what she's looking at. Is that the yeah. One?
0: And it's yeah. Yeah. It, it, she, she just she's just walking out of the room and you've kind of got a sense of the geography that she's walking past the bottom of the staircase. And just you just like something catches her out the corner of her eye and we don't see it. We're just on her and she just like pushes herself up against the wall and is yeah. looking straight up and it's held there for seconds and seconds it feels like an eternity because we are not seeing what she's seeing but she looks so in just so incredibly terrified and another like feature of the Of the wheelchair, and I'm not sure if that wheelchair was like a like an actual wheelchair from the early 1900s, if that was indicative of it. Uh, Mm. But this iconic, or or whether it was like made for the movie, I'm I'm not sure. But it looks occupied is the only way that I can say it. It, Even from the moment you first see it in in the 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 covered in cobwebs, it's got this sort of presence that looks like someone sitting in it even though no one ever like no one's ever sitting in it. It's
3: sort of like got a weight to it, isn't it? You're like a bit like Yeah,
0: yeah. It's oh gosh. I I really even talking about it now I'm getting so excited about it. It's oh gosh, such a (laughs) it's such a good movie. Can you tell that I'm gonna be rating it highly later. (laughs) Yeah.
3: Um and obviously yeah so the, the wheelchair chases after Claire um you know ferociously and keeps stopping at the top of it's Almost like taunting her in a way, it felt like. Uh, and then when she goes flying down the stairs, rolls down the stairs essentially, it throws itself down the stairs after her and sort of like there's this great shot when it lands next to her, the wheels are spinning, and she's sort of like sobbing. And then John Russell comes into shot, and she's scared of him because she's mm. just so shook up by the whole scenario. Uh, the-
0: First time I watched it, I wasn't sure if she was going to survive that fall, and I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready to lose Claire. Uh, So I think when anybody
3: falls downstairs, you think that could possibly be it for that person. But no, she doesn't kill her. Um, And then...
0: And then, well, John arrives, he gets her out, and then he goes back in, because he's Mm -hmm. got... Oh yeah, because she's like,
3: you're not going to go back in there, are you? He's like... (laughs)
0: Yeah. I got to... I I'm live John Russell. I go into places. I If there's a dead body skeleton down a well, you better believe yeah. I'm going down that well. Don't it...
3: put a barrier in front of somewhere I want to go, right? <laughs> I'll, I'll tear it down. <laughs> he will tear it down.
0: Exactly. Tear it right down. Nothing gets in the way of John uh, Russell um, when he wants something. So he he storms back in and the house is like, starts to shake because this is what I was saying earlier, you know, this sort of uh, almost imagining it like a toddler sort of temper tantrum. Joseph is angry and Mm -hmm. he's shaking the, the whole house. And there's like a big chandelier that's like swinging backwards and forwards. And he actually runs up the stairs and he gets so far but one of the doors on the landing like blows open, and mm-hmm. uh, it really violently knocks him off uh, the banister, and he falls. So he falls like a story, and is kind of a bit out of it. And that's when we see this wonderful shot of uh, the banister all the way down these three floors, like just lighting on fire. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which is kind of great uh, because Joseph is is going to bring this place down. Um. Yeah, I don't want to go. I want to. I, I could just go through the whole thing. Yeah. I don't want to. I want in case you've got anything to say about any of the points. But
3: yeah, it's it's it is inc- incredibly um it's, it is scary, it's terrifying. And again, moments that perhaps looking at it through the the, the standpoint of someone who's seen a lot of modern su- uh, supernatural horror movies feels like stuff we've seen before, but here in this film it all feels so genuine and it all feels like so I guess like fresh it's almost like and shocking the way that this film has the pacing of the film and the way this this mystery has kind of been unearthed when something like this happens it is sort of shocking because you're so in that mindset of finding out just finding out every detail as John Russell does that when something like this happens you're like oh shit Joseph's pissed (laughs) (laughs) he really (laughs) is Simultaneously, is when Senator Carmichael is like looking at both of the medals, almost like putting the pieces together from everything that, that John Russell's told him. And that is when, um, is this like table shaking that he's like,
0: Yeah, there's so yeah. when he goes to uh Carmichael's office, he has this really prominent portrait of his dad, which just kind mm-hmm. of you know, it tells us how much he reveres this man, and to learn that his dad is like not only is he not who he thought he was but his dad is obviously not who he thought he was either cuz he murdered uh this child um he's like really he's obviously he's like devastated but he's just fixated on this portrait uh which is rocking just along with the house and we're we're cutting lightning fast between back and forth and this is like one of the the biggest kind of what the fuck moments in it is because he's like so fixated on this portrait, he sort of—I don't even know—he like sort of is transported into the burning house. And yeah.
3: So in, in in the Wikipedia description, it says his astral body.
0: Oh, so he like astrally, like projects, like astrally projects. Astrally it. projects
3: himself <laughs> into the burning house because I was a bit confused by that initially. I was like, he got there fast. Yeah. Uh. Mm-hmm
0: yeah helicopter. but and like you know and and john sees him as well so like this astral projection of carmichael starts walking up the stairs mm-hmm. further and further into this burning building and gets all the way up to the attic room which is so infamous now at this point we've seen so in so many ways there's a lovely little transition shot actually where he walks we're behind him uh in this tracking shot and it's he, he walks it through the burning Uh, it's like at the top of a little small staircase from the from the top landing and he's in the burning little staircase this final little walk Mm -hmm. and then he just emerges into it into the room as it was back on the night when his dad uh, killed him so you know a sort of out of the burning modern like decrepit house into as it was and it's not burning anymore uh, so the transition's really neat
3: the reason that happens is because he witnesses the murder now doesn't he? he witnesses the it all uh, murders, comes yeah, all comes out in the wash, all comes out in the wash, um, and he collapses, so he has a heart attack, didn't they, like the astral version of him has a heart attack, but obviously the real version of him uh has
0: well, a heart the real attack. version of him so, has so. the heart attack, so that's right i yeah, yeah. I think that's the inter- like the interpretation is that he is there, he's projected into the house, and he sees it all, so in his final moments. Mm-hmm. He learns the truth about himself and his dad. And it is a you know, it's there's it's it's not a it's not a happy, it's not like seeing the bad guy get his comeuppance. It's a it's a tragic end yeah. for him. Because
3: that's the sure. thing. Like again, in a, in in another sort of film like this where there was a murder at the cent- center centre of it, it would be like there was a villain who needed to be um apprehended in order for the yeah the, the ghost to be at peace but it's not like that it's almost like just the there isn't any guilty
0: part like the only guilty party is the dad dad. and he's not around so just everyone is a victim and you know and we get joseph gets closure but it it, like you know it's it does feel i don't know i'm searching for the right word and i want to say better sweet i don't know if that's not the right word but i can't think of something better it just is it's 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 a it's morally great is the only way I can put it. It's mm. like, it's a weird <laughs> ending and, but it's But it's, John Russell
3: lives which I think is important, you know. I would have been disappointed if John Russell ended up uh, dying, I yeah. think. You know, he, 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 I guess Joseph's ghost is at peace and in a way this has probably allowed John Russell to be at peace or to at least move on to the next step of whatever his his grief is uh but obviously hasn't got a house anymore because it's burnt down Uh, and we we do see the burnt wheelchair in the in amidst the ruins of the mansion and i think the last shot it has like the music box lullaby again doesn't it
0: yeah it's the little uh every horror movie's got every ghost story especially has got to have that little stinger sting in the tail so don't don't
3: open the music box in the haunted room just leave (laughs) it i don't want to hear it
0: you it's know, going to be like, Joseph will return in the Chingling 2. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> Joseph will return, and he's angrier. Uh, and he's got an electric wheelchair now, and he's coming for you. <laughs> he's coming for you. You're running down the street. shit. <laughs> Joseph, no! Uh, uh, yeah, so that is that's the end of that. All right. So usually at this point we do the name game, but I kind of want to tread on anyone's toes. That tends to be what Luke and Andy get involved with the most. So I'm going to do uh, a little trivia corner corner <laughs> trivia let's call it a trivia a hidden trivia room covered in cobwebs
0: i, I am uh, sitting in the corner right now so this the, is trivia <laughs> corner <laughs> come to
3: you are, exactly <laughs> come to the top of the stairs into my trivia room uh, and answer <laughs> questions posed to you write your answers down on a piece of paper scribble them with pen with a pencil
0: admire so, my cobwebs
3: admire well there we go <laughs> Uh, so yeah, just a couple of little trivia questions I'll ask you. So, actors Trish Van Devere and George C. Scott were married uh, in real life. Where are they? Uh, in their eight years of marriage, of marriage, how many movies before this one had they made together?
0: Oh man! In their eight years of God, and I don't know where this falls in the eight years. So I did not know this. So I'm just going to be guessing.
3: I think this is right at the end of their eight years of marriage. Um, okay. Oh, sorry, in their then eight years marriage. So up to this point, they've been married for eight years.
0: I mean, to made movies. so movies that they both appeared in together. Yeah. I mean, I'm just going to guess. I don't think it's one a year, but I feel like it's going to be high. So I'm going to say six.
3: Seven. Incredibly oh. close. I'll give you a point for that. Half a uh, point. You know, there's not half a point, quarter of a point. <laughs> yeah, uh, there's not going to be a league of ranking unless the trivia corner becomes a regular thing. Maybe it could be. Maybe it could be a new. It could be. Uh, okay, Sorry. and uh, next one. Which director included this movie on his top 11 scariest horror films of all time list? Uh, I'll give you a clue. It's a big name director, not a horror movie director.
0: Big name director, not horror movie director. Um, the first director that popped into my head, and I don't know if this is going to be right. Big name? Maybe he's not big name. I'm just going to say it because he was the first one that popped in my head. Even before you gave the, the hint, So I'm going to say Edgar Wright.
3: Okay, uh, no, incorrect, but I'll give you I'll give you a better... That's a great guess because I think this is exactly the kind of film Edgar Wright would like. I bet he does. Um, let's say a lot older than Edgar Wright, but still alive.
0: But still, but still alive. Big name director. I mean, the, I mean, the biggest name in directing is Spielberg. So why not go with that? I don't know. Uh,
3: unfortunately, it's Martin Scorsese.
0: Oh, Scorsese! Go, uh, oh, interesting. Scorsese
3: loves The Changeling. Uh, this I is like when it, I think,
0: then. like Scor. Well, Spielberg. Arguably has made horror movies, so that was a bad answer. Never yeah. mind, well, good to
3: know. I don't know, but this is, unless there's multiple, I should have done a multiple choice answer to this because some of these are so out there. But I'll try and give you some clues. Okay, uh, direct, director Peter Medak said he was initially intimidated by stories of actor George C. Scott being difficult to work with, but the only trouble he ever had with him was on the set when a production manager accidentally knocked over what? No, a I guess it was. Oh, oh wait, wait, sorry. I was give you a clue just because it's a bit vague. Um, <laughs> it was something that George C. Scott was obviously using to, to to pass the time.
0: Oh, okay. And I'm well. I mean, obviously, it, I, I'm guessing it's not the big tin cone from the seance. <laughs> 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 something that he was he knocked it over and he was passing the time. I mean, like George C. Scott. God, he was probably like. Whittling something, or <laughs> you know, I—I uh, I don't know. My my brain says a guitar. Oh,
3: yeah. These are two. These are knocked two. Knocked over uh, a guitar. It was it was a chessboard. Uh, oh. He'd been playing against himself for two weeks. <laughs> oh. Apparently, when when it not when he knocked it over, he he lost his shit.
0: Yeah. Okay. That's fair, fair enough.
3: Two week uh, game. This...
0: Come on. Imagine someone deleting your like, Eld, uh, Elden Ring save. Elden Ring weeks. save. Yeah. yeah.
4: Ah, I've
3: got to level up all over again. Yeah, Maroon. Couldn't, hand,
0: couldn't handle it. Uh,
3: I'm,
0: I'm not, not doing great to... here. I've got half point. Oh, yeah. Sorry. This, this one's good.
3: maybe I'll do simple true or false ones after this uh, for the next uh, edition of, of Trivia <laughs> Corner. I mean, I'm into this it, was just, but... this was just a yes or no. So, did George C. Scott learn how to play the piece of classical music that he plays on the piano for the college students? No. See, I said no, but I thought no, but it's yes. Apparently he did. (laughs) Really? It definitely cuts away when he starts playing it, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, you never see You don't see his hands. uh, I I would have never said yes, but there you go, maybe. So
3: what it seemed they did was they got him to learn it, but as soon as he started playing it, they just went, don't show his hands. Yeah. Oh, but I'm actually playing it. You should show my hands. (laughs) No, 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 not interested. Not interested. (laughs) There we go. So you got half a point out of five. Uh, You know, well, if this is the first edition of oh God, Ben's trivia corner. You're top of the leaderboards.
0: Okay, I'll take it. For <laughs> for a very brief amount of time, I am at the top. Yeah, the glory uh, is who knows? staggering. I,
3: I don't know if this is going to take over name game, probably won't. So, unfortunately, <laughs> but you may well, stay at the top of the leaderboard forever.
0: <laughs> don't take my performance as indicative of the quality of the of the thing. <laughs> yeah, he
3: used to do true or false, uh, all the time, but Luke was far more generous. And whatever answer I said, he used to say, oh, Yes, correct, <laughs> we, got, we got five <laughs> out of five. Uh, so yeah, I guess now we need to rate the film, rate good or rate bad obviously we do a standard a to f sort of mm. rating i'm going let you go first i think you're gonna go quite high aren't you because you've been i
0: am and i all and anyone who is a fan of the show i feel like and i don't remember all my ratings of the movies i think i've been on the show three maybe four times at this stage i don't remember exactly how many times but I feel like I always rate fairly highly because I come in and it's generally because it's a movie that I'm a fan of. And it just so happens that I'm, I'm a fan of this. Uh, I think, I mean, how many times have I used the word effective in describing this? <laughs> it really genuinely yes. frightened me in places. It really genuinely creeped me out. Yes, there are a few moments. I think the detective story makes some, incredible leaps of logic to get to where it needs to go but it never feels like i'm never rolling my eyes i'm never doing anything like that it sort of works and in a way it becomes interesting it becomes interesting to have a a a ghost story where the lead character is not scared of course it just doesn't happen like yeah it it, it shouldn't work but it does work Mm um i am going to i don't know a to f I'm trying to work this into like something more like a five star, which is kind of how my brain works. And honestly, I think I would give this a solid f- four stars. So does that equate to a B plus or an A minus? I'm not sure, but that's I, where I, I want to go for.
3: Yeah, I reckon, I mean, not, not, not to put words in your mouth, but I think from me personally, I was going to go for a B plus. And okay. I think you liked it probably slightly more than me. Okay, so I reckon a- an A minus. Let's work. go with that. Yeah, Let's I know what you mean. That. I'm definitely more of a stars type guy, and my initial rating of this was three and a half stars. But as often happens um, when discussing films on this podcast, I kind of learn to appreciate or appreciate more, or appreciate less a film <laughs> but based based on our discussion. And I think I appreciate this one, this one more. But yeah, sorry, I jumped in there. So a minus
0: no you know it's good i i asked for help i'm glad that you, you built me out of that because i wasn't sure where i was going and uh yeah no i would say i'll, I'll take I'm, I'm happy to to sit on a minus because it would be you know in that star rating that i was imagining 4.1 yeah. 4.2 you know <laughs> yeah, if I, yeah, yeah. I could go there and that's like around about an a minus i really really dig it a lot and getting to watch it again because this is probably the only sec I think this is the second time I've watched it it's you know it was a rewatch but just this is this is it and I tend to watch movies quite a lot um I will be watching it again at some point down the line I uh I I, I loved it uh, last night when I watched it and speaking to you tonight has got me all re-enthused about it again because it really does like you know it is fun to to talk about um yeah no, A minus. I'm very happy with that. That's that's my score.
3: Yeah, so I'm going to go for a B plus just because this was the first time I'd seen it, and it's kind of crazy, really, when I think about it, the fact that I hadn't seen it before. Maybe just because I didn't know enough about it, and the title was a little bit deceiving for me. I kind of thought you see that title and you kind of think, okay, I know what kind of film that is. I know what it's about. Maybe I'll get around to it one day. But I'm glad I did, and I love it when I discover like a new favorite. Uh, so I'm saying B-plus now. It may be one that kind of grows with with time. Um, and I'd learn to appreciate it even more, but I'd highly recommend it if this is one of those horror movies from that sort of prestige horror era, as we mentioned, um, that you haven't seen. It's, we uh, have
0: completely spoiled it at this point for you, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, if you haven't seen it.
3: Spoiled a 40-year-old film, you know. <laughs> yeah, we can
0: get away with that.
3: Wonderful. So yeah, we uh, we're very positive on that, which is good. Um, there we go. So that is it. Next week we're going to be watching a movie called Blood Hook,
0: which I think oh. is, I
3: think I think is one of Luke's suggestions. It's like a
0: uh, it's a slasher. trauma movie, I think, isn't it? Is, is it a trauma movie? Okay, I've never yeah, seen that one. Over. I think it's so, on the again, trauma catalog. Yeah,
3: a new movie for me as well. So thanks uh so much for joining uh, me, John. Where can our listeners find more of your stuff?
0: Uh, I've got a website. Um. Johncrinen.com, g-o-h-n-c-r-i-n-e-n i've been really relatively quiet recently on socials and on the website i haven't i haven't put anything out i think the last and even in podcasts this is uh you know I, i sort of um haven't been on many podcasts recently i've been fairly busy working on some stuff behind the scenes i've got a book that i'm working on and a few other things that are not quite ready to announce yet but will be soon uh, which I'm very excited about, but I have started a newsletter, an email newsletter, and that's like the one thing that I'm putting out. So um, there's a sign up link on my website, and you know I'm on socials at John Crennan, but again, not particularly active. I share a lot of random, really heavy music in my Instagram stories if that's your thing. Um, but yeah, that's me.
3: Wonderful. Uh, also, if you enjoy listening to John's voice, he does have a podcast um, called The John Crennan show just called the John Crinnan show isn't it um the, a, a legacy podcast let's call it something yeah that you, that's still available though isn't it
0: yeah 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 sorry uh, yeah yeah it's uh, 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 my yeah. voice then <laughs> <laughs> yeah the John the John Crennan podcast it was um it was uh yeah it's it's kind of been I uh, I recorded that some time ago now, a couple of years ago, and then I made the move and I was a, a co-host over in the Great Writer Share. I spoke to creatives and people who make things just about making stuff. And it was, uh, yeah, there's it's all still online and Chianti as well is all still online and the great writer share that i was the host on is 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 all out there too and i'm and i've been a guest on a bunch of stuff i'm I'm sure it's all out there so still. there are
3: our, what you're saying is there are hours upon hours of of your lovely voice available for people <laughs> yes. to consume uh, uh as as they so as they so see fit
0: but yeah by all means if this is something that you want to hear more of i can't understand why you would but there it's all out there for you most Enjoy. definitely
3: <laughs> wonderful thank you john uh yeah also, obviously, John's been on the show a few times before. So the episode most recently was the Species episode from March 2021. Hunt that down if you didn't hear that one. And as we mentioned before, the quiz episode that, uh, where mm. we went up against a nice Chianti, which I think was at the tail end of 2020. I
0: it was think. around about Christmas. Yeah, it was around yeah, about Christmas right about, um, um, 2020 or 2021. I feel I th- I I it was 2021, think- wasn't it? no
3: no because i think no because anyone was
0: yeah sorry 2020 oh this is this is this (laughs) illustrates just how much my timeline is out yeah of course it was 2020 time vacuum
3: yeah so yeah go and check that out because that was a a laugh if anything else um so yeah thanks to oh yeah so thanks for listening if you enjoyed the show become a patron over at patreon.com forward slash horror hangout i'd like to thank all of our patrons on there uh julia bilgren Leslie Carlo, Wendy Muller, Ollie Child, Lane Spencer, Toby Miller, Laura Kendrick, Stephen Christopher, Ben Scaife, and Pazuzu, and of course, patron against his will, John Crinnan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so thanks to, thanks to Kovach Cameron for our feed music. Thanks to ACAS for hosting the show. Please consider giving us a rating and a review and head over to the Facebook group Horror Hangout Board of Advisors uh, for more. Uh, but thanks very much to John Crichton for being a right
0: horror dude. Thank you, Ben. It was fun. Uh,
3: until next time. See you later. Bye.
4: Bye. Oh.
2: Why should anyone object?
4: Of course, it does need a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> <Here. sighs> <laughs> Still not
2: together on the offbeats. It was too loud, too rhythmic. Oh, uh,
4: well, what
1: was that all about? Hold up.